my AirPod case is also disgusting. Um, I have Shame. awful, awful ears. I, I, I occasionally scratch some earwax out with a fingernail. Is what's wrong podcast? with what's wrong with that is this what your podcasts are like i don't listen not a fan sorry i'm just gonna <laughs> come out and say that we kind of ease into the intro oh, okay. although i guess time is of the essence today yeah All somewhat right. rachel do you want to explain what our constraint is we just have a toddler we're not a toddler actually she's a child a small child wandering around free <laughs> so she's very excited because we said unlimited movies yep while we record this so she's watching the octonauts She's eating wow. queso dip and watching. You're going to go back in and she's going to be watching Apocalypse now. That's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> I do worry because she, well, before uh, when I was setting her up with, with Netflix and the Octonauts, uh, it was on YouTube because we were watching the Aquarium of the Pacific live stream. And, you know, the, the worst part about, sorry, what? What? No, no, you, Rachel made a gesture and I no, need to no, 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 ask no, what it was. Nothing. Never okay. mind. Never mind. You're not good at subtle cues, but go on. You pointed at the floor. No, I was saying, is this it? Is this the podcast? As I, we we kind of ease into it. Oh, okay. That's like, <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to use this or not yet. Okay. But to answer your on. question, yes, most of this podcast <laughs> is complete bullshit. Okay. Yeah. Because I just, I didn't, usually there's some sort of like intro banter and then, and, and then an ease into the guest or whatever. And so I just didn't know. You're doing great. I don't know what the show is, and I'm not. Have you never listened to this podcast? <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> it's for the best. It's sorry. for the best. Uh huh. I just want to say, if you had a podcast, I'd listen to it. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Continue talking about YouTube. All I was going to say is the worst thing about kids is recommended videos Ooh. on YouTube. Oh, like... it's terrible, and particularly now that she's doing a lot of dis. Well, not. Not, she's not the only one, but this with the distance learning is sometimes they will link, they'll say, okay, watch this video for, I don't know, like a science instruction or about rainbows or something. And then you watch the video and it's usually a YouTube video. And then of course what pops like up afterwards 40 is most like brutal video game murders. Honestly, yes. <laughs> like it's, ha or, or it'll be, it'll be a cartoon character that she knows and she'll be like, um, It'll be a cartoon character that she knows, and she'll be like, oh, what is that one? And there was one that I think it was it was a picture of Mario and Link, and Link was wearing a face mask, and it said, who will survive? So clearly it was like oh a God. coronavirus, who's going to live between Mario and Link? And she knows those characters, and so she's like, I want to watch that one. And I was like, no, it's terrible. Yeah, where it's like Sp Spider-Man is pregnant. <laughs> oh, there's all, and then, well, I mean, you probably heard about that, like, horrible, like, those horrible Peppa Pig videos, like, what happened to poor what? Peppa Pig? Oh, they're terrible. There's, like, a bunch of videos where it's, like, Peppa Pig at the dentist being, like, tortured and stuff. They're terrible. And, like, YouTube really has a huge problem with this kind of thing. Yeah, so yeah. we never let her, she's never allowed to do anything on YouTube without us because... It's trash. No, of course. You all know that. I mean, yeah. we all have channels. That's, that's really wise. Trash. Nobody should go on YouTube. Yeah. Well, so you know, for just like this week, uh, I started a kid's channel because we have this kid's album coming out in a few weeks. And I've never done just a kid's content thing before. And I didn't realize, I'm, I'm not actually 100% sure of this, but I think YouTube, and this is a good move, auto turns off commenting on all kids' videos. Like oh, you yeah, can't, that's probably I think good. you can't comment on kids' videos. Is that... Layton, I might be wrong about this, but both I've, of the videos might... I posted didn't have comments on. 
if those if that's a new thing, I definitely remember there being a lot of controversy because there was the whole Elsa Gate thing in regards to this entire thing where people were like, there are comments with gibberish and this means it's like code for, you know, sex trafficking. And it's like, oh, boy. OK, so maybe in what? the wake of that, they turned. Out, oh, yeah. Whole... Is, that's a, is that a crazy conspiracy theory? It sounds like it. Yes. I mean, any t- any anytime there's like a conspiracy theory that originates on Reddit, it's not. Yeah. Not a good time. Um, mm. Yeah, that, that sounds very fraught. I mean, I and this is a very um, Zoomer statement to make, but I remember, uh, you know, watching YouTube videos with my dad and like, you know, there there's the level of watching a movie where there's a sex scene with your parents. And then there's just like being in the Wild West in the infancy, like first two years of YouTube where it's like, mm. I don't know what's on here. Screamers are still a thing on the Internet. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and he would just kind of like let it roll, and I was a very anxious child, so it's just like, this is the worst. I don't want this. It's like how somebody made a comment about this on Twitter the other day, and I've also noticed it, but didn't comment on it. But like, <laughs> like there's a lot more nudity on Twitter. Like, I'm seeing a oh, lot you can more post like straight up porn. No, I know you can, but usually it gets taken down pretty quickly, and now it's like lingering. And I think it's because of <laughs> I think that I, I feel like, like that was enough. often. I mean, because I run an account with the word "sex" in the name. Until they turned on quality filter, Wait, my what? life was an actual hell. Oh. Like where we, I think I might have talked about this on a previous episode. Oh, I on, remember on this. NSP Facebook. I used to every day have to yep. go and delete Porns. porn that people would post so on our many wall. Porns. So I, I disabled <laughs> like five years ago now the ability for anyone to just post on the NSP page yep. because it was all. Like usually Arabic or Hindi type looking Devanagari script, uh, porn. Yeah. And I was just like, I can't, I can't be just taking down porn all the time. It's so I just turned off the yeah. ability for anyone to post on that page. Because you know, well, you I have think to watch the whole thing first. Well, you have to make <laughs> so sure it's time. porn. And then, sometimes porn uh, only looks like porn for a little bit. But no, then it's I know not that. Porn. And then you know, and then it was the whole like he had to take notes and uh, well, and he I, had to copy it and say I'm it running a business. Else. And then no, look, I'm not. None of this. Uh, do you hear criticism? No, in you're the just voice? stating facts. I was just. You got a catalog that. just to be aware for the future. You need to print out screen caps. You put it in your binder. You put the binders in in your file folder. Yeah, you have to make your sure bed. you're getting yeah, the right you know, keywords. That's really the thing yeah. with porn. Mm. Great. Oh, I, I I talked to my dad on the phone the other day, uh, and uh-huh. he. I, I was relaying the TV glitter scenario from the podcast, and he was like, "Oh, I know. I, I've listened to all the episodes." He has. Yeah, and I was and? like, "Oh, sweet God." Um, he, he had some corrections, uh, that I won't share, um, in in terms of like personal (laughs) information that I've shared, which was horrific. Good natured corrections. Certainly. Yeah. But getting any sort of like, oh, I have a few corrections on your podcast is a horrifying thing to hear from your father. (laughs) Sorry, dad. I know you're listening. (laughs) But then he shared with me that, uh, my family members do peaches and lemons. It's one peach and one lemon, not three peaches, which I guess is a thing that I made up. Yeah. So I like now it's ours. Way more. I know, me too. That what they're doing sucks. Um, oh yeah, my dad was like, "Well, you know, it's fine as long as your grandma doesn't listen to the podcast." Uh, and I think he was referring to me talking about um, her sending me a mean letter about how I'm going to hell. Right. Um, but it's sort of like, oh, on the ground floor, pretty much everything else about this podcast is bad. I don't want my grandmother <laughs> to hear me say fuck or any of the other horrible things that have come out of my mouth on this show. But if you're already going to hell, does it matter? This is true. This yeah. is true. Just saying. Saying uh, as we, a we Catholic. Should, we should probably introduce ourselves. 
Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, which I believe is the exact wording I use 20 minutes into every episode. Uh, Layton. Well, I'll just introduce Layton. That's Layton. That, the other one's Brian. And then mystery guest, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Hi, everybody. Um, my name is Rachel Wecht. And um, I am what's known as a, um, what is it, a convenient guest? Last uh, minute. Last minute. Replacement guest replacement. is what I would say. I'm the Alec Baldwin, I think, of the guests. I'm just always around. Uh, and you, you make get me at last very minute. troubling phone calls I very do. frequently. I make very troubling phone calls. I used to be really good looking, and now I'm just kind of doughy. And um, <laughs> You do a, like a very lazy Trump impression. I do. Real lazy. I just purse my lips a lot. It's... Uh, I'm I'm okay with it. Uh, I also also have a second family with five children. So if I may uh, offer two corrections, mm. I think you're beautiful. Mm, thank you. And uh, also, you're not a last minute replacement. Like we've been talking about talking about having you on the podcast no, since no, sure, since no. the first week. So this is not <laughs> this is not a very last minute thing. It's it's been very problematic for me to argue with Brian about it because every episode he's like, I want to have Rachel on, and it's like with, the entire show isn't. Uh, mm. wife night well you yeah. know what it's all of these things are so nice for you to say since i've already admitted i don't listen to the show so i have no and i won't so i have no way to like fact check any of this so i'm just gonna say yay well all th those conversations were also not on the podcast oh no okay like, so well, well. even if you listened mm. which i believe wait wait I can't remember. Have you listened to the podcast? No, I haven't. Oh, you yet. haven't. Okay. I've listened to, to bits that you've had me listen to, but uh, when when forced in my presence, you've heard yeah. isolated examples. Yeah, well, you know. Um, but yeah, no, we are very happy to have you on. It did create oh, a you. minor childcare uh, yes. issue, but it's going to be fine. Audrey is watching movies, and unless that's right, something really catastrophic happens, like a global pandemic or something, right? No, nope. uh, we're going to be. We're good. We're fine. good. She's fine. She's loving it. Yeah, I, I'm jealous that I can't be in the same room as y'all right now. Uh, I miss occupying the same physical space with both both of you and also <laughs> other people. Um, oh. uh, what, what did y'all do today? Well, today was a today was a little bit of a weirder day because mm. I had uh, kind of a light work day, so I took over homeschooling, which is really the first time or sorry, distance learning. I realize homeschooling implies something different. Uh, it's really the first day since we've started the distance learning thing that I've been in charge of, uh, of doing everything. Rachel's been... And it's not easy, is it? I mean, at 1030, I screamed to go to your room. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what did she do uh, to get we, sent we to her a, room? Uh, it was a just general it's, disobedience and... She just, yeah, it was a really epic non-listening morning like blatantly like staring at him and then just kind of walking away from him like as if he wasn't there not yeah. listening and uh like good like teenage level like real quality like <laughs> teenage level like, whatever dad yeah, yeah honestly uh um, didn't ask to be five yeah <laughs> like it was a lot of that yeah um, yeah you know it, yeah it, it's it's that thing where like you you gently ask her to do something or I, I would, I can't even remember an example, but you know, I'd be like, okay, Audrey, let's put that paper away. And she would just stand there kind of blinking. Yeah. I'd be like, all right, honey, let's, yeah, let's put it away. We need to move on to the next thing. Picks up something else nearby. kind of looks at it very deliberately. Mm -hmm. Oh, is this a pencil? 
like, honey, put down the pencil. Yep. We need to put the paper away, like, leaves the room. It's, yeah, it, it's a lot of that. Where yeah. you're like, are you, Can you, are even you fucking hear me? with me? Like, what is this? Yeah. Like, yeah, like, just, it's the, 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 let's say it is passive aggressive or just aggressive. I don't know. I it's, think it's what I would call fuck you energy. It is so, <laughs> she's done it to both of us. It oh, is, she does it all honestly, the time. it is the, it's the most infuriating thing where there, she's just like, Nothing and no sounds, just kind of like, mm-hmm. like uh, the attitude is mm-hmm, without saying mm-hmm, the whole time. Like, and it, yeah. And then, of course, and then it's shock when she gets in trouble. Oh, like, horror. just shocked tears. that she's gotten in trouble and tears. And you know, you hurt my feelings. You're mean. You're that's, mean. That's a classic kid one. You're being mean. Yeah, you hurt my feeling. You said something that made me sad. I was like, and, oh, is the thing I said that made you sad that you couldn't have. A third helping of chocolate today yeah. after you basically kicked me in the face. Yeah. That's what made you sad. You know, I'm sorry about that. Yeah. That must be really difficult. Uh, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's standard little kid stuff. Like, yeah. Audrey's a great kid, and she's really 99%, of, maybe 98% of the time, she's great. Uh, but, you know, that extra 2% is just so infuriating. She's got a little personality, all right. <laughs> Yeah, as as a parental unit, how do y'all uh, stay sane in the face of that? We haven't figured it out. Yeah, <laughs> short answer. You um, got time. You got thirteen whole years. Oh God. Oh, well, I mean, luckily, it's kind of a tag team effort. I mean, when she's really infuriating, we can pass off to the other parent who hasn't been dealing with it and been infuriated by it for whatever amount of time there's always a calmer person that can then step in and kind of help out and well, i mean thank you know thankfully for that like we're very we are very lucky and we constantly say that kind of every day and, and especially with everything that's going on in the world right now like the fact that we are a two-parent household with only one kid like come on it we makes are our life and then really we're living easy. in a house with a you know, yard as opposed to an apartment complex or something that we're living here in yeah. California of all places. Like, I mean, we're, we're extremely lucky. However, I mean, and that then we feel, it's not it doesn't mean that it's not frustrating <laughs> yeah. and it doesn't mean that, and especially since, you know, we're both trying not to have, trying not to drink during the week. <laughs> yeah. That's our rule over the last two weeks. It's we're no, no be, booze Monday through to, Thursday. Trying to drink Monday through Thursday and then just drunk friday through yeah, sunday that's right. like i mean <laughs> friday from the moment we wake up from the moment we wake it's bed 2 a.m it's, it's in night. bed mimosas and then which audrey makes and she's bad at she's that's not the very thing. good at it um and then she it's makes just a great tr- martini though which is weird <laughs> yeah she does it yep she does, well it's because she forgets the vermouth yeah uh yeah oh, she's very good at <laughs> okay it. fuck vermouth it's not good it's I, I I at least martini wise. I mean, obviously there are two kinds of vermouth, but martini wise, I'm just like the slightest sprinkle. Oh yeah, yeah. And then I you're like, not supposed to go nuts. You're just you know you I, even do you the same. You showed me a recipe that was half and half though. Oh uh, yeah, so that not a was recipe, weird. A, what, is it, what do you call it for cocktails? A recipe? A recipe? A recipe? Yeah. I mean, I don't um, know. It said, and I couldn't believe it. It was like you know one part gin to one part vermouth, and I thought that oh, was yeah, yeah. one That's of the craziest things much, yeah. I've ever read. Usually you do you just kind of rinse the glass. You can do that. Um, yeah, that's that's acceptable. I, but I also think it really, boy, this 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 
this conversation changed directions. This, that's what um, happens. Hey. Rachel, this is uh, exactly how the podcast night. works. I, well, I would say it also depends on the kind of gin that you have and what gin mm. you're drinking and what I would say notes that you want so, to have. I'm a gin drinker. Let me put it that way. I don't. I mean, that's an understatement. It's, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I'm a gin drinker. I'm not a big fan. Well, I honestly, I'm, I'm not a fan of like whiskeys and bourbons and stuff. I like the smell of them, but I can't drink them. They just, mm. they, I'm like, Bleh, and then I get like headaches and stuff. I think it's the sugars or something. But I love me some gin. And so it really depends on the gin that you have, I think, to be, uh, with how much vermouth that you have in it and what kind of martini you have. True. I'm also, I'm a twist, not an mm. olive person. So, um, yeah, I, I really wish, I really like gin and I just can't get into a martini. I do a, for a while, I was doing a very, very sad variation on a martini, which is. <laughs> One part gin, and then, like, uh, the other part is half pickle juice, and the other half is olive brine, and I call it a dirty mm. bong water. It's fucking awful. <laughs> Wait, did you make that up? Yeah. That's, that's how, why? That's, a, yeah, that's, but Brian and I actually like to do that, where we, like, think of really disgusting combinations of liquids, and then give them celebrity names and stuff, you know, like... <laughs> Uh, yeah, let's try one right what now. What was the one? <laughs> well, just, just make one up and I'll oh, see if I can okay, do it. Oh, okay, let's see. I um, like doing this. Okay, let's see here. Oh, here we go. Um, aviator gin. Uh-huh. Um, avi- okay, so aviator gin. Mm-hmm. Tim Horton's coffee. Yep. And um, ready whip. That's a Warren Beatty. Yeah. <laughs> All right, give me another one. I'm going to throw out um, orange juice, uh-huh. uh, a, a little bit of um, uh, the really cheap, like, plastic bottle strawberry banana vodka, mm. and then oh, God. Some, some, like, half and half that's a little past, you know? Like that's it, a it's Logan cr- Paul. <laughs> I was going to say, it's a Drew Barrymore. Oh, Drew Barrymore, <laughs> Rachel, that, that's better. Drew Thank Barrymore, you. yeah. Um, that's pretty good. Yeah, I would say probably if you're not a martini drinker, which is fine. Um, we all have our flaws. You could try, I would try for you a Vesper. I bet you'd like a Vesper. What's in a Vesper? A Vesper, a Vesper is gin, vodka, Lille, and Lille Blanc, which is a, a French wine liqueur. Is that the thing. thing we had a bottle of for a yes. year and drank? Well, because you're not, one so, you only, shot worth of, because you're only supposed to use a little bit at a time. We gave it to twerp. Yeah, that's the basic yeah. recipe for a Vesper. You can add other things, but usually it's a, it's half vodka, half gin, and then the Le Blanc. And that sounds actually, good. I mean, if I'm going to drink gin, I, I just kind of want like a gin and tonic. Uh, yes, yeah. I enjoy a good gin and tonic as well. Oh, we um, made, what was it? Uh, a I, gimlet. Gimlet. Last that week, was, that we was had a really bunch good. of limes that were about to go bad, and it yeah. was awesome. I also just enjoy a gin and ice. Mm. You just put a put ice in like a one of those bald pickling jars and then you just fill it with gin. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. <laughs> Delightful. Good I mean, that, that's I the was... first thing in the morning drink. That's right. Yeah. Well, that's just a, you all, it's an all day sip and drink. You just remember, sip it all day. I think it was, I was reading some like Raymond Chandler uh, book. I love Raymond Chandler. I'm, you know, I read The man had a way with every, words. Oh, mm-hmm. it's so, it's so great. Uh, and it, they go by super quick, you know, and it's all these, some of them, like the long goodbye, or these like mysteries where it just kind of 
meanders and then at the end it's like and this thing happened and here's the answer so uh i I love the way he writes but there's a lot of gimlet drinking (laughs) in them so i guess they were a popular drink in the 30s and 40s something like that oh there's you know what my actual favorite gin drink is is a bee's knees um Mm. that that's like real good i mean that's that's depression era drink is (laughs) is there honey in it yeah it's just like um honey and gin and lemon um, it's like super mm. refreshing. Oh. Uh, I had one one cool. time where they put one of those like bourbon soaked cherries in it too. So it had a little oh, bit of okay. oh, yeah. that. That oh, it's nice. delightful. You feel really fancy. I actually, I went to the trouble of making like a honey simple syrup at home to make them and I got it all ready and I, I was talking and not paying attention to maybe and she just runs over and drops her peanut butter filled Kong directly into the cup like right <laughs> after I had poured it. Just like... Yeah, so what, what's the cocktail for that one? Uh, peanut butter and treat-filled dog Kong with lemon juice, honey, and gin. I mean, I have one for this. Go ahead. It's a Chevy Chase. <laughs> <laughs> a Brian Cranson. Oh, that's good. We need yeah. a full tasting menu for this. Like, Oh, my goodness. Listeners, I think go a ahead. Brian Cranston, or maybe it's a Walter White, is it's like mezcal uh, in a blender with a pepperoni pizza. <laughs> There was, um, uh, Allie, Vernon, and Tucker and I were doing testing for, um, the 10 minute power hour where they were putting, like, will it Keurig of, you know, they put, um, a garlic sauce, like, packet in the, uh, or from Domino's in the oh, thing. Oh, yeah. Disgusting, but we did all the tests for, like, the different things that they were going to do to, like, just kind of clear them first. Uh, mm-hmm. one terrible one we did was instant mashed potatoes, which, mm, fucking disgusting. But then we no, walked to Taco Bell. And got a taco and put the taco in a blender and then put that mush into a cup and then put it in the Keurig and then drank the water. And I like, I almost vomited. Like I could not handle it. The smell of just like masticated taco. Oh, oh, so bad. None of them were good. Everyone was acting like they were good. They were not good. I, I still don't understand. I guess it must be entirely psychological that, I mean, with within what, let's say five seconds of putting like taking a bite of taco, it becomes that. And yeah. so logically you feel like that shouldn't be gross. I mean, combined with water, okay, definitely gross. But you feel like if you put a taco in a blender, it should theoretically be awesome. And then practically, like in in practice, it is one of the more disgusting things I can imagine eating. Blended totally. Taco. Well, it's, it's, it's the difference between taking a bite of a taco and then getting baby birded taco mush. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's... Someone out there is into that. I'm, At least I'm you're sure about that. There must be a regurgitation community. Oh yeah, there right? absolutely is. Yeah, there's um there there's like a vomit fetish for sure. Uh, oh, oh, of course. Oh, okay. Welcome to the <laughs> welcome to the podcast, everybody. All right. Well, speaking of that, we should probably get in. We we don't have forever, so mm. uh, because we we did. I left the window to the garage, uh, the shades open. And we told Audrey that if she really needs us, which we defined as an actual emergency, she should come <laughs> to the window. So Rachel and I are occasionally looking over and seeing if we could see a tiny head kind of peeking up, 
just staring into the garage. This garage I, is her favorite think, thing because she just wants to come and spin in my office chair. Yeah, I, I think it's safe to say you have a little bit of time because I know that she's watching Tarkovsky's Stalker and like that's that's a good three hours. You get you get the Soviet <laughs> yeah. era it cinema. It doesn't get good until about an hour and forty five minutes in. Hold on, how away. dare you? How dare you say that about Stalker? The entire thing is good. <laughs> I haven't seen that since college. Oh man, it's so um, good. Everybody watch Stalker. If you like Annihilation, watch Stalker and then read the book that it's based on Roadside Picnic. It's the best. Yeah, I thought, I mean, I liked it. Did you see Annihilation? We haven't talked about this. I liked it, but didn't like, wasn't completely blown away by it. And all I could think of is that it felt like a kind of poor man's stalker. Yes, absolutely. When I watched it, I was like, this is really fun. I'm glad that it's doing what it's doing, but the script is so bad and I disagree with a lot of the choices that they're making. And now, you know, however long it's been since I've seen it, I'm just like, that movie fucking rips. It's so good. <laughs> like, it, it's definitely something I've softened on. Um, the the art direction is so good. There's like a Yeah, that, and a it half. looks amazing. That's for uh, sure. There's an hour and a half behind the scenes, like art department documentary on YouTube where they go through like the design process for everything. And that, I love that shit so much. So it, it's really delightful. They talk about the choreography and like that final sequence and uh, designing oh, yeah. the bear and how the first time that they brought like the alligator out, they didn't tell any of the actors <laughs> that it was going to oh, come really? out of the water. Oh my God. And then they, they have the take of that where it comes out and immediately they all crack up laughing. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Super cute. Is, is that it's uh, who wrote the book? Um, Jeff Vandermeer. Jeff Vandermeer, right? The the book yeah. is not good, and the second book is oh, really? really not good. Yeah, it, there's a it's, second book. I didn't there's three. That. There's three books. It's a trilogy. Um, oh, the second book I gave up on. The first one is like, we get it, man. You read Heart of Darkness, and you don't know how to write women. It's fine. You don't have to do this. <laughs> I've um, been actually exactly in that uh, stage with the three body problem. Have you ever read that? No. So it's a Chinese sci-fi trilogy. And the first book was like it's, uh, it, it it's it's fun. It's a really cool. It's one of those things where it has very cool ideas. The writing, I mean, it's a translation also, so it's really hard to tell. But the writing is, it's it's compelling, but not like amazing. And but it's just just for the ideas alone, it's an incredible read. And then I got like sixty pages into the second book of the trilogy. It's basically like a first contact kind of story. So the, I don't, well, I don't want to give too much away, but basically the idea is what if there was a group of people on earth who were making first contact with an alien race that they knew to be hostile and were doing it explicitly with the goal of wiping out humanity in mind. Hmm. That sounds so awesome. It's a, it's a cool idea. And like there's so, there, there are a bunch of reveals that I don't want to give away, but the, uh, there's a VR kind of element to it. Uh, which they kind of use as a recruiting device, which has some really amazing stuff going on in it uh, that's kind of physics and math related. But I got 100 pages into the second book, and I was like, I just don't care about this at all. I just can't get into it. And people said it's amazing, but oh, the, the first book I thought was was very good, maybe not like transcendent, but fun. And oh, that second book, I just I couldn't get into it. See, this is something that I've asked on Twitter and other people and stuff too. I am of the... I am a, a book quitter. I know some book, <laughs> people are book completionists, but like I will do that. I will try. And then I will sometimes come back to things. Cause I'll be like, okay, maybe I wasn't in the right 
state of you know mind or I just wasn't relaxing or whatever and I will try again and then about half the time I'm just like no it's not worth it like I tried to do a quarantine puzzle tried to do a puzzle it was a thousand piece puzzle and I'm like who am I kidding I do not have time to do a thousand piece puzzle and parent and all that you know did you put it away I did I got rid of it because it was also it was just taunting me sitting on the table (laughs) just parts of just it was Disney villains it was Disney villains just part of the frame done part of the the Snow White Queen done. And I was just like, oh, just stop staring at me. Like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to complete it. And back it went into the box. And I kind of feel that way about books, some books too. And I love books and I read. You read a lot. I read you a read lot. more than almost anyone I know. Yeah, Rachel, what are you reading lately? Oh, uh, well, I just finished. Um, I like to read. Um, this is the Midwestern in me coming out. But uh, no, I really like to read. Um, Books by chefs or by people who really appreciate food. And I don't mean cookbooks, even though I do like to read cookbooks, but I like to read books like biographies that chefs write about their lives. Like there's one, um, uh, was it Blood and Bone, I think is what it's called. There's, I'm, I'm reading a lot of Ru- Ruth, I think you pronounce her last name, Reichel. She Reichel, was, I would say she was yeah. the LA Times food critic for a while, and then she was uh, the editor of Gourmet Magazine right before it closed. And she writes really well. She's one of those people who can write about food, and you can taste it. Like, you can taste what she's writing about. And um, so I read that, and then um, I finished, I did the... Um, you read, like, Rowan all, f- literally all of her books, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I read Ronan Farrow's book, uh, Catch and Kill, uh, which was, was infuriating. Good? So good, but so if you just want to be like yell, if you just want to yell at a book for a while, that's a good one. Um, mm-hmm. And I like um, the books by uh, Patricia Briggs. She is um, uh, not sci-fi, but like fantasy writer. She writes a. She has this whole series, two whole series about. Uh, of werewolves basically and but it's like where just like people who are werewolves who live amongst us and uh but also like there are you know the fae are there and trolls and vampires but in like a what if all these people had to live in washington state <laughs> how would that work and it's rachel you can really say that good. you're reading twilight it's not twilight <laughs> it is not Twilight. Have you read Twilight? I did read Twilight. And I, I too read the, Twilight. I read Twilight and then I was like, wow, this woman really hated being pregnant and also hates or doesn't understand love and is in a bad relationship, I think, because it's all coming out. Like that you're like, why are you she, pointing at yourself while you're um, saying these things? And I'm sorry, I'm starting to cry now. Uh, no, uh, but it's like, <laughs> all of it, it's like, this is not how someone, this isn't love. He is stalking her and blaming her for his attraction to her. Like, this yeah. is not good lessons, people. Not good lessons. And then those Fifty Shades of Grey books are, were even worse. Um, because I've read some good erotica and I'm like, if you're into like bondage and BDSM and that sort of stuff, there are other books that you can read that are a lot better 
Yeah, absolutely. That's the whole thing. It's like, it's okay. If you've learned that you're into this, there's so many better. You don't oh need this God, book yes. where where so the way that better. he looks at her is described as like <laughs> a mother hamster who's about to eat her young. Like that's a real is that true? line. Yeah. Yes, there's so many bad lines about his, like the way he a talks mother, about his He uses the phrase mother hamster when the correct term is momster. <laughs> Well, the whole thing, too, is like my whole thing about it was like he's like, here's a contract of all the things I want to do to you. And he does nothing. He does not one thing that's listed in that. So I felt like she she just like Googled like what's weird or what i mean and i'm saying weird like as her opinion i don't you know like she's like yeah. what's bdsm i'll just go to the wikipedia page and just start listing stuff off but i'm too scared to explore any of it so i it's like do you want to put these metal balls that are for kegels in your vagina that's a thing yeah like, that's that's <laughs> real sexy for the average reader <laughs> anyway yeah did you read all of the 50 shades of gray oh God, either no. of you both of you i did not no, no i read the first one, and I was just so angry after reading. I was like, "Why did I do that? Why did I do that to myself?" Because yeah, the writing is also really bad, but <laughs> particularly how isn't the woman who wrote it British? And the way, and all the characters are American, but they don't speak American English correctly, mm-hmm. and then they always mm-hmm. are constantly saying the United States or something where she's like, (laughs) I have never left the United States. And it's like, nobody talks like at least like read some American authors or something. If you're going to try to mimic American authors, like whatever. But then I guess she wrote the whole thing on a cell phone or something. I don't know. So it's like, what? Zero. Well, and it was also originally Twilight fan fiction. Oh, yeah, right. it was Twilight fan fiction, yes. yeah. And then she wrote, like, on like during her commute or something. Who, whatever. And now, of course, everybody's going to be like, yeah, sure, Rachel, you don't like it. You know way too much about it. <laughs> you can hate read something. Of course oh, you I can hate, hate read I also, You hate read all the time. The problem is, is, too, I am one of those people that when I really hate something, sometimes I do deep dives to find out as much about it as possible so I can hate it on many levels where I can, <laughs> like, I just really want to do the research so I can be, and another thing about this person's beliefs or whatever. And then Brian will just be like, why do you waste your time? And like, I'm like, no, if, I, if I'm going to hate someone, I have to hate them entirely. Also, it's like well, re- recreational hatred. Exactly. On well, all fronts. And when you try to explain to me why you hate it, I am not a particularly receptive audience. Oh my gosh, no. Sometimes I have to say, Brian's not a good girlfriend. Uh, I disagree with that so quite strongly. I have to sometimes have to say to him, I need to talk to you or bitch to you about something pop culture or gossipy, and I need you just to shut up and just go, mm-hmm, or, oh, that's terrible, and, like, not not add, like, why do you care? Or, of course they acted like that. They're idiots. Like, I don't want to hear that. I need you just to be like, oh, tell me more. Like, I need you to be a girlfriend for a moment. And then I said, because I have to just say it, just to say it, and then you can go about your business. And he'll go, okay. And he'll just sit there and then I'll like, complain about the Kardashians or something. Or the royal and then, family or something. Or the royal family or something. Yeah. And then he'll go, he'll go, okay, is that all or do you need more? Like he's Well, you make me sound like an asshole. No, no. Like... It's not that you're an asshole. It's just you're not you don't care, so you don't give the same feedback that someone even if somebody like only like slightly cares or doesn't really give a crap about Meghan Markle or whatever but they've heard about Meghan Markle and they're like okay I'm interested to hear a little more like but you can't even do that cuz your whole thing is like oh this is not worth my time and I get it and I completely understand that but sometimes you know this is and this is what you do in a really 
in a long-term relationship is you have to say, I need you just to listen for a minute and not comment. Yeah, abide by these parameters. Exactly. These are the, well, but doesn't, isn't that helpful to you? Yeah, for that sure. I give you no, parameters? That's great. I'd, ra- I'd rather you tell me explicitly what you want. Yes. And then be upset that I screwed it up rather than be yeah. upset because I didn't know what you wanted. Right. Well, I'm, I'm going to be upset with you <laughs> no matter what you do. But, yeah, you no, know. I'm aware. So, look at this. This is healthy. Yeah. yeah. This is the most therapy we've ever done. So that is actually a pretty good segue into our question topic, uh, which was gray areas. We put out a very vague advice call for uh, gray areas, and it was really interesting to see how people interpreted that topic. Um, But we have a relationship question that I really Mm. want to read because it's uh, juicy. Oh, yeah. Speaking of, is that way the segue, Fifty Shades of Gray into gray areas? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, damn. And you know what? My other segue topic was going to be when we were talking about aliens, because we got an alien question, which I also want to Well, let's hear both. You can can cut and paste later. Let's hear it. We'll we'll do the juicy one first. Hi, Leighton, Brian, and mystery guest. I'm David, he, him. Uh, Other names in my story have been changed. So I met my fiance, I'll call her Holly, in college almost six years ago. We clicked quickly, and I fell in love hard and have continued falling since. Now enter my other college friend, who I'll call Tara. Tara and I were in a friends with benefits situation for about a month before I met Holly. Once I met Holly, I talked to Tara and said I just wanted to be friends as I had caught feelings for Holly almost immediately. Tara was super cool and respectful about it, and we remain good friends to this day. Here's my issue. I want to invite Tara to Holly in my wedding as she's a good friend of mine, but Holly hates Tara. Even before I told her she and I used to hook up, Holly had major issues with Tara despite not knowing much about her. I think it would be awkward to invite Tara, even though she's a great friend of mine and and no feelings past friendship exist between us. Should I just drop it and skip inviting Tara? Or am I justified in wanting to have her present at what is supposed to be one of the best days of my adult life? Okay, so uh, I'm uh, going to start off on this one, if that's okay with you, Brian. Um, (laughs) You have my permission. (laughs) Thank you. Um, I, I hate to say it, and I completely understand where David is coming from, but I think he's going to have to not invite uh, Tara, is that her name? Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think if if your fiance doesn't like this person and hasn't liked this person for a while, um, I think yeah, inviting that person to your wedding is is not the best idea. If you wanted to do some sort of celebration with Tara over your wedding, you could do privately something pri- while having sex. Ha, no, I mean, you can do something separate, like maybe with another group of friends that she's also friends with or whatever. You have a separate little thing um, or something after the wedding or something. But I think, unfortunately, yeah, you cannot. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't. I, I totally you, you agree. Can't, you can't yeah. invite her. I think it's just going to cause you more stress. It's going to cause your fiance stress. You guys are going to be you're going to spend like what's supposed to be one of the, you know, the happiest days of your of your life thus far, worried about how everybody's feeling. And there's already enough stressors and stressful things that happen during a wedding, um, just in general, that I don't think you really want to add that layer onto it. And I don't know, because I don't think you said in the note how Tara, if Tara is aware of your fiance's feelings towards her, um, but she probably is. Yeah, it's it's kind of hard to, or, or not hard to miss. Yeah, I yeah. think she would understand. I think she would completely understand. Because um, I'm sure there's a way you can tell her, you can explain to her carefully and delicately or whatever the reasons why. But I think, yeah, 
I'm sorry. Yeah, and I, I will say this, my answer for this is sort of because it is a wedding. If, you know, I, I don't mm-hmm. want that to be blanket applied to like, I'm we're just dating and my uh, girlfriend or whatever hates this other girl that I am friends with uh, mm-hmm. and does not want mm-hmm. me to hang out with them. That is a very different story. Oh, yes, no, um, very that different. is very different. That's a, yeah. yeah, if your partner pulls that shit, that sucks. Don't deal with it. Yes. Just get out of there. Um, but yeah, in, the, in this situation, David, I would say probably, probably just skip inviting Tara. Yeah. It doesn't sound worth it to me. It's, it's, it, it yeah. just, yeah. it's going to create more problems than it's worth. That's the thing. It's going to create mean, more problems for, 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 for him. That's honestly. what, that's what I'm talking really, about. It's just, yeah. yeah. Like the whole, why did you invite her? What are you doing? You know? And then, you know, and then people are going to pick sides and it's going to be a whole big mess. And then she's going to feel weird. She's going to be at a wedding where she feels weird. Like, I don't think it's crazy or like crazy out of line to be like, Look, I'm sorry, but because we used to hook up, you know, it's weird and I can't invite you. That's not a mm. horrible thing to say. That's like right. actually I think a pretty normal thing to say. And I could imagine situations where the that you fiance would have to do that. Is, yeah. <laughs> is that what you uh, to say? Where the fiance is did I have ex girlfriends at our wedding? No. I don't think I did. No, you didn't. It was a destination wedding. Yes, the destination was St. Paul. That's right. <laughs> and what ex-girlfriend would be like, I'm flying. Anyway. Uh, yeah, no, I like, I, I, it doesn't sound like it's much of a deal breaker to me. I would just say, don't, don't, don't cause yourself the trouble. Yeah. And, yeah, and one more thing before we move on. Imagine that you do invite Tara. She will feel that hatred radiating oh, off yeah, of that's your what fiance. I was saying. And I can't oh, yeah. think of a worse feeling than being at a wedding where you know the bride hates you. Well, oh, and gosh, not just yeah. the fiance, that's but what all was... the fiance's friends. That's what I said. Yeah, you're yeah. going to force people to pick yeah, sides, yeah. and that's what's going to uh, happen. And then you're going to put her at the whatever the, the the you know one of the tables that's like miscellaneous friends, and then she has to sit there the whole time, and everybody's like, "Oh, and how do you know?" You know, so and so, and she's gonna be like, "Well, we used to have this casual thing, and his and his wife now totally hates me, but he yeah. invited me anyway. It's been cool. Anyway, are you gonna eat your cake? Like nobody wants that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, good luck, David. I hope your wedding goes yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations. I hope everything. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful day. Uh, I see one here. I would like to read. Yeah, go for it. Ben writes. My birthday is in a week, on Earth Day as it is every year. Usually I plant a tree or volunteer extra that week, but I don't know what to do about my birthday, how to celebrate, or if it's even appropriate to celebrate at all when, like, the entire world is in an economic crisis and in quarantine. There's no defined rule set or easy answer for this moment in time. Trying to instead just stay grateful that my loved ones are healthy enough, my friends are staying safe, etc. Uh, so the question is, what do you do when your birthday happens during a global, pa- a global pandemic, and what do you do during lonely birthdays? Mm. So the reason I picked this is because that Earth Day is also my birthday. So I'm in exactly April 22nd, mm-hmm. exactly the same situation as Ben. Uh, I've been, you know, originally, like, this. actually I turned 45 this year, so it's a nice, like, you know, five round number uh, divisible by five. Five round is not a mathematically defined concept, but it is, yeah, it, it is zero mod five or divisible by five is... Uh, plebs would say. Anyway. And uh, so I originally was going to have a party or something like that. I asked Brent to let me do it at his place, and he said yes. And uh, like Brent, Brent throws a fucking great party. Like, yes, he does. He throws an absolute banger of a party. Yeah. Yeah. And like, we had this guy that we've seen at a few events, Buster Balloons, who's a 
he's like a balloon com- comedian for kids, and I just think he's incredible. He's LA yep. based, and we've seen him at a few like kids events here and there. And I wanted to like have a party and invite him and all yep. this stuff. And of course, it's just not happening yep. right now. So I've been thinking. I mean, not like I could give or take a party. It would just be a fun excuse to have one. So not not like totally selfishly, but just like what do what do we do? Do I do anything? Mm-hmm. I think we're like personally for me. I don't have anything planned. I don't really care about gifts or anything like that. I never really have, doesn't have as an adult. So on my end, we're just going to kind of like, what am I going to do during a lonely birthday? Kind of the same thing, you know, we're doing every week to me. It's just going to be, you know, uh, another day here, but I'm also lucky because I have a family. So Mm -hmm. I'm, it's not going to be totally lonely because I'm going to have a five-year-old clinging to my face Mm -hmm. for six hours Mm -hmm. trying to, you know, play and hang out and stuff yep. like that. So I'm not really, really uh, on my own because I have two people that I love that I live with. Yeah. I would say you have every right to celebrate your birthday and you have every right to celebrate totally. everything that happens to you. Every good, every victory. The fact that you got up and you feel good that day. The fact that you showered or put on clothes or maybe, you know, tried something new with your hair or you learned how to do something or you finished that goddamn Disney villains puzzle, whatever it is, you have every right to celebrate every little victory all the time, regardless of if there's a global pandemic happening. Yeah, You have to grasp those lovely victories. And it's your birthday. Of course you should celebrate it. Um, you may not be able to go to, to wherever you want to go and bear, you know, and plant a tree or something, but you could donate to an organization if you have, right. if you have the funds, obviously if you have the funds to spare, you could donate to an organization that can plant a tree or do something for you. And yes, celebrate your birthday. Um, call your friends or drive over to your friends' houses and honk at them and make them come stand out on their front lawns and yell happy and sing happy birthday to you. Yeah. Or maybe tell them that that's what you want. They just drive to your house and you stand outside and they sing happy birthday to you. I went on a walk today and I saw that somebody had put happy birthday balloons on their balcony of their apartment building and that clearly stated it was their birthday. Now, these are like balloons you'd actually have probably in your house, but they had them outside. You have every right to celebrate your birthday and I think you should. Yeah. And I think you should yeah. reach out to your friends and do whatever, you know, I mean, um, because they probably are also like, gee, what do we do? Like, we can't go to his house and have a party or whatever, but um, they'll probably want to call you or text you or something. Um, yeah, or you could do like throw yeah. a virtual party, like make yes, a little totally. evite, get all get on Discord, like yeah. drink, I don't or know, Zoom hang out. or whatever. There's, um, I had a friend who did um, virtual karaoke, like Aww. have have your goddamn party like do yeah get on netflix party watch something stupid get drunk with your friends over over the uh call our friend kate's birthday she did a jackbox thing yeah like it's a jackbox thing then we did like a cocktail hour and stuff so there's i i say there are other things you can still do remotely um or even just you know go sit outside if you if you can if you have the ability to sit outside with a cupcake or a muffin or something with a candle and be out in nature since you like it so much. And, you know, and, you know, eat your, that sounded really mean. It sounded, like, I was since thinking. you like it so much. <laughs> Enjoy your tree, mean. tree boy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> go sit under a tree. Yeah, you crunchy hippie or what. No, no, I mean, I mean, because you love it. And go sit outside and like have a cupcake and be like, happy birthday to me. I, I think, yeah. Yeah, we any self-care that you can do. Any like, self-care. I, I'm sure. not a holiday person, and so holidays and birthdays are just like excuse to eat cheese and be lazy and not put on clothes yeah. or pants. Yeah. Like, yeah. Do it. Do, do what you love. 
I buy a lot of random things at random times. And so I have enough stuff to put together a present. And we put together a lovely present for Brian. And he's going to be a Oh, you did? What? And I have, Mm -hmm. we have uh, cake preparations and all sorts of stuff ready. So Audrey and I are going to make sure that he has a a lovely birthday. Yay. Um, I can't wait. Yeah. But yes, celebrate. But celebrate, celebrate, celebrate. Also, probably Audrey's birthday is going to yeah. happen. Audrey is is a May birthday. Yeah, and that one's and harder because we have to figure out what we're going to do. Yeah, how do you have a little kid party when you can't have kids over? That's so. What yeah. I mean, we'll we'll figure we'll we'll figure that out when it comes to it. But yeah, that's my my opinion. I will say that if she has earned Animal Crossing by that point, hanging out in Animal Crossing is really dope. Well, actually, you might want to wait for one of my peaches because I have <gasps> an update on that. Oh my god! So, so I'm just saying I'm not. I don't want to give anything away. I'm just saying. I've literally I been like sitting around, like I can't fucking wait for Audrey to get Animal Crossing. <laughs> we should move on to another question, but yeah. why don't we? Do you want to run inside, or do you want me to run inside real quick and just check? I I, I would feel better if I ran. Okay, out. why don't you go in and check? Yeah. Do do. Okay, yeah, you go to in and check in. Take this AirPod then... so it doesn't hang up. I'll be <laughs> oh, all right. right back. Hi, Rachel. Uh... Yeah, I, I figured before Brian came back, we should talk. Like, I don't know how we're going to disclose our relationship to him. Like, I've been thinking, I've been really stressed about it. Uh, and I don't know what your, what your perspective, like, have you mentioned anything? Oh, what? About you and I? Yeah. No. Okay. Do we want to do that today? Is that too much? We got to do the slow, slow reveal. Well, I mean, I just think, you know, like he's just so happy right now. Hello. There you are. How is your child? Uh, Audrey's great. She's burritoed in a little blanket, laying somewhere where I don't even understand how she can see the TV. But (laughs) she also closed the door to the room. And the dog was very upset to be sequestered in the room with Audrey. Like, she just oh, wanted to get out. That's because I'm so, out. Coco's yeah, special help. Right here. Yeah. Um, so, I, it's mostly just because I'm separated from... Everyone's fine. Yeah, everyone's fine. Um, I want to do this alien question. Do the alien question. Yeah. Hello, my name is Michael. Male pronouns are fine. Uh, my first instinct is aliens, so gray areas. Favorite alien activity sites. I'll go first. Phoenix Lights from 1997. That was Michael saying that, not me. Fuck the Phoenix Lights. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Like, I th- hey, do, do I just need to say this out loud? I, I mostly picked bullshit. this for your reaction, yeah. Like, come on. Like, we, am I going to say 100% we have not been visited by aliens? No, of course I can't say that. But 99.999%, yeah. Like, I mean, I, but you could also view this from a more charitable perspective as just like a tourist thing i look i'm not too proud to admit i stopped at roswell in 1997 who didn't and had a great time like we didn't really do anything we just kind of were driving cross country and stopped there and ate at the fucking alien diner i don't even know (laughs) yeah that cottage industry that uh, it seems like that that was the best thing to ever happen to roswell new mexico (laughs) Well, well, because of the X-Files. Like, that's why I went. You know, I was super mm-hmm. into the X-Files, and we were driving through the Southwest, and it was like, why the fuck not? Uh, we did really debate going to Area 51, like driving up on the Alien Highway or whatever. This is me and Derek. Yeah, uh, no, I know. 
Uh, but of course we didn't do it because it would have been like a 30 hour detour or something. Uh, I don't know. Like there's nothing stupider than the storm area 51 thing. There's no alien tech. Like, you know, it's, it's not obviously totally impossible, but just imagine what it would take for an alien race to get here. Like from wherever the fuck they are. That's very unlikely to happen just from a kind of, uh, probabilistic perspective. Like would that civilization exist at the same time as ours and all that sort of, thing? and then be or able to give, give here I, th- and... there's a big assumption that any creature would give enough of a fuck about humans. Like, Oh we're yeah, such for sure. Small potatoes. It's like the narcissism of like, Oh, we must be important because we live on the planet earth and we're humans. We, yeah, we like I mean, to kill it... each other and be bad to the planet. I think the most plausible alien contact scenario, if any aliens are coming here, is some civilization, whenever the fuck it was, a long time ago, threw a bunch of robots into the air in all directions, and then, like, tiny, tiny mini robots, and, you know, basically kind of seeded the galaxy or whatever with them, and then eventually one would find its way here and probably just crash into the Earth and burn up. Like... Unmanned. It it hasn't happened. Yeah, of course. Uh, Uncrewed space travel is the only way to actually do distant uh, uh, exploration. And has that happened? Has someone gotten here? No. But, okay, favorite alien site? I had a good time in Roswell in the late 90s. Rachel, what are your your alien opinions? Well, I haven't... visited any sites i've heard the marfa lights are supposed to be cool there's like a mystery in texas yeah about the lights like they oh, nobody really? knows where they come from or what causes them it's but that's probably not alien so much as that's just i can tell you nature it's not aliens yeah. no i um i yeah my thing is i don't aliens aren't really my thing I don't, I, I, I kind of agree with Brian in the sense I can't say that they've never visited. Um, I think if we are finding, if we do find some or if they are here, I think the whole, um, I think the movie Abyss is probably right. I think they're all in the in the ocean. Like, if mm. you look at ocean creatures, like if you look at some of that, it's like, yikes. Like, I think that would be a good place. I mean, if you think of you know, with all the pressure and the darkness or whatever. I don't know. Like, I feel like if there are aliens, that's where they are. And then again, um, yeah, I also like what you say. It's true. Like, how egotistical to assume that there's just, that every alien out there is like, ooh, what's on that little planet? Like, Yeah, like, what's look. inside of these humans? Like, I do, yeah. yeah. I do. Well, that's None the other thing, care. too. Like, there was, a, I was... Uh, sort of story about some town in Italy that was like terrorized by aliens, so they say for like years. Like, I, and I'm like, yeah, I, d- I don't know why are we so fascinated, and also just like, what information could they get from us? Just like, I mean, if you think about it, it's like, okay, so that's what a creature would have to be to to survive in that on that planet. How does that affect us on our planet? Well, I, I think like, it is- I don't. It's no. an interesting question. Like, if you, I don't understand people who say it's not an interesting question if aliens exist. Like, if no. uh, I'm of the opinion that there is almost certainly life somewhere else out there in the universe, there has to be. and that there doesn't have to be at all. Oh, well, but, I feel like there has to be. I mean, I think it's overwhelmingly likely. Uh, and if there's, but if there's not, if we are really the only life in the universe, that's amazing. And it's not outside the realm of possibility. I just no. think it's very unlikely. 
It's uh, amazing, but it's also really fucked. Like, there's really no better, <laughs> no better organisms out there. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, so I, I think there are aliens out there. I think we we have zero chance, like infinitesimally small chance of ever in the history of our civilization being in contact with them, either have been or will be. Like, well, past the, and the, future, it's not going to happen. The haters have weighed in. Um, Michael, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I genuinely, I love aliens. I'm fascinated by aliens. As I previously mentioned on the show, they were the bane of my existence as a child and my number one uh, target for anxiety for a long time. Uh, mm. I, I'm very similar. There's no fucking way they've been here. And I'm sure there is tons of stuff that we will never know about. But I, the thing that I ascribe to is the like, uh, ants, ants in a freeway thing where it's like ants, we build a freeway. Ants not only don't know what a freeway is, they don't know what a person is or what a car is or how any of that works. If there are aliens, we are the ants in this situation. There's just, it would be so far beyond our understanding that we would not be able to grok it. Um, That being said, the phenomenon of people seeing UFOs or claiming to be abducted, that's what Mm -hmm. I'm interested in because it's such an inherently psychological uh, kind of thing. And I fully believe in like people manifesting stuff uh, like the idea of tulpas, I love the idea oh, of like well. the men in black as tulpas. <laughs> now, okay, now, this is now a... we're now we're back. <laughs> now, we're ba- now we're back in the hater zone. Um, if if I have to answer that question, it would be Skinwalker Ranch um, because that's. I mean, obviously, I've never been there, but um, what, are you, are you all familiar with Skinwalker Ranch? Ranch? No, I'm not no. at all. It's this specific uh, ranch that is named after you know Skinwalkers, which is like a certain kind of witch that can turn into an animal and wants to cause you harm, etc. Um, but it's been like a really well-documented hotspot for not only alien stuff, but also all sorts of other paranormal things. Like mm. uh, it's, it's a like really on fast- a ley line or something. Yeah, it's it's a really fascinating place to read about. What? I like ghost stories. I'm a I'm a ghost person. I like exactly. There's like a level of romanticism to these kinds of things yeah. where it's like fun to. They're fun to read about because it's just so. I you know what the one big conspiracy theory that I fully believe in is the government perpetuating these sorts of crackpot alien things just to cover their own asses. Oh, like when they lose a plane or something. Yeah, like it's really easy to be like, oh yeah, it's just uh, people who believe in aliens are really crazy, but and not that they're covering up aliens, but more to cover up like shit that they're doing that's sketchy, mm. and also like putting encouraging conspiracy theories that make it sound like anything that could potentially be legit must also be crazy. Like, I don't know, I, I kind of I, I, mm. I believe in that one. Yeah, that's I don't know. I mean, I just think the government kind of coordinating anything is a long shot so <laughs> yeah that, that's my issue you know. with most conspiracy theories because everyone assumes that there is some plan and that people could actually feasibly coordinate not only just something right. in general but something nefarious or as far reaching it's like people yeah, are not on. that like i hate to break it to you everyone's fucking stupid <laughs> there's no people are, people are selfish yeah people are selfish like it's that whole well it's like that whole like thing that happens like in your classroom where it's like if everybody can just sit still for 10 minutes we'll all go for ice cream and you're gonna get and there's like 20 kids the the marshmallow test yes you're gonna get one dick who can't and then ruins it for everyone and nobody gets any ice cream like it's that whole thing people are selfish like so i can't imagine you know if like there was aliens like one person in that group would totally go home and be like look who i brought home yeah well (laughs) that's this is the thing with every conspiracy theory like imagine 
if that were conspiracy theory were to be true, imagine who would have to be silent about it to 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 keep it actually mm-hmm. a conspiracy. It, it, the math never works out. Yeah. Right. And right now, of course, there's a bunch of aliens listening to this podcast and going. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> aliens love from, late night. Well, oh, it's interesting that my own wife hasn't listened to the podcast yet. She posits that a bunch of aliens. Look, I've got other have. things to do. <laughs> the aliens don't. Literally, all they do is they're up humans' asses all the time. And I meant that. I did not mean that in an anal probing way. I meant that. <laughs> that that just came no, out. You, I meant no, that. We, we got what you. Look, we, we understand. What aliens you love podcasts. Look, sometimes you just gotta just gotta tighten up your fist and just get on up in. But I, I actually think of Joe Rogan fans as aliens. I, I probably understand actual aliens more than I understand people who like Joe Rogan. <laughs> If uh, any any cross listeners of both the Joe Rogan <laughs> experience and Late Night, please don't contact us. I, I I am very. I mean, I'm sure there are people who have listened to both. If there are people who are big time fans of both, actually, I know one. Brent. Brent fucking loves Joe Rogan. Hmm. God damn it, Brent. Yeah. That this is the least surprising information I've heard about Brent. But <laughs> yeah. Uh... Hey, do you like horror movies? Are you stuck at home right now, just waiting to get funny games, or perhaps The Strangers? Duh. Well, have we got the thing for you. In honor of our upcoming horror history series, Deep Cuts, hosted by yours truly, we've partnered with Shudder to bring y'all a special offer. Late night listeners, that means you, can get an extended 14-day free trial for Shudder and access to their full library of amazing horror movies. All you have to do is go to shutter.com slash sign up. That's S-H-U-D-D-E-R and enter promo code DEEPCUTS. For people who don't listen to Late Night and are thus not cool, they only get seven days. Late Night listeners get 14. That's two weeks of horror content. And if that's not a peach, I don't know what is. So now that you have no excuse, I am simply demanding that you watch some great horror movies, such as... Audition, Ginger Snaps, In the Mouth of Madness, Tetsuo the Iron Man, The Taking of Deborah Logan, The Love Witch, Knife and Heart, Revenge, literally all of the Friday the 13th movies, Dogtooth, Neroi the Curse, The Exorcist 3, A Tale of Two Sisters, and so many more that I couldn't possibly list them all, but they're very good. So scoot on over there with promo code DEEPCUTS, and let's get spooky. Or else. All right. Uh, let's do, actually, there's one here that I want to read because it's very appropriate. This person didn't know who the guest was going to be, but this question is right up Rachel's alley. Oh dear. Uh, Chrissy, she, her writes, I'm good at things that are rule driven and have a right answer. So I struggle with things like musical improvisation. Mm. I know there's no right answer and the sky's the limit, but it's a mental hurdle and I freeze up when I try to improvise any tips. So... Rachel, huh. you, I, we didn't really talk about this, but Rachel is an amazing improviser. She is like legitimately one of the best I've ever seen. And uh, she does, you know, just regular improv, musical improv, the whole thing. So if there's anyone to ever answer this question, it's Rachel. Well, so, first of all, I would say there are rules within improv and in musical improv in particular. And the rules are more, not hard and fast, but more guidelines. Structure is what I think you're saying. Uh a questioner um i think you're saying you, you you do well with structure you do well with like you know a goes into b b goes into c and the thing is is there is stuff like that particularly in musical improv because musical improv follows a musical format and so if you know how musicals are 
put together. Like, you know, the, you know, that you introduce the town, then you do introduce each of the characters and sometimes they get songs and then there's a meet cute and then there's the conflict then there's the villain. Like if you know all, the, all those parts have to happen, then that's the rule. Those are the, those are the rules. Yeah, and but if what you about understand, an individual song? I think And an individual song yeah. too, you know what songs are. Like, you know, that there's ballads and there are, you know, there are belt songs, there are, you know, duets, there's quiet songs, there's big group numbers. So you know all that stuff. And you know how song structure works. So you you can just, you know, you, you know how rhyming structure, A, B, A, B, whatever, you know, so it's, you know, verse, chorus, verse, verse, chorus, whatever, whatever you set for yourself or for the group, that becomes the rule. So there are rules. There's, there's structure. There's, it's a loose structure, but there's structure, particularly with musical improv and with regular improv too. I mean, if you're just doing, if you're doing games, then there's a game. So there's a game that's layered on top and that's the structure. So if the game is party quirks, then you know, okay, well, one of these people is a celebrity. One of these people is an inanimate object or whatever it is. So you know what you're aiming for. Or if you're just doing a regular improv scene, the rules are, you know, the structure is basically, you know, each other, you have some sort of relationship, you have some sort of want, um, either you want something from the scene or from your partner or for both. There's a his, you know, there's a history and you know that your partner will do, will go along with whatever you go, whatever you set up, because that's the rule. So there are rules and there is structure. It's just getting comfortable with it. I can understand that people, people freak out about improv because they think a oh my gosh I have to be funny and if you try to be funny it's always devastating no one it's like it's going to be terrible so don't try to be funny just react to what's happening in this situation as you would react and the funny will come when you relax into it you'll be funny because people are funny so and situations are funny and people reacting to situations is funny so funny will happen and the other thing too is that um you're not alone oh I mean well, now we all are, but it, you're not alone in the sense of if you're doing improv, there's other people on stage with you, either a single partner or multiple partners. So it's not all up to you. It's not all up to you. So you can throw something out and trust if you have a good relationship with your other improvising partners that they will pick up the slack. So it's not all up to you. So that's a safety net as well. And, um, and then the other thing is, is that people think like, I, I won't know what to say. Yeah, you will. Because acting and improv but acting is basically reacting so we we you say you say a thing called truth and comedy if you react to the truth of the scene the truth how your character how you feel your character would react truthfully if you react to what's happening in the scene the funny will come the words will come and you can relax into it and the other thing with improv too it's a muscle it's honestly it's just a muscle the more you do it the more comfortable you feel and the better you the better you get at it. Does that mean everybody can be super good at improv? No. But, you know, some people are, are much better at it than others. But if you practice enough, you become more comfortable with it, and then it becomes second nature. And, yeah, I mean, improv is one of those addictive cult-like comedies because when it's really, really good, it is so good, and that feeling is so amazing that you're constantly chasing that feeling that you will slog through a lot of really bad improv. Because when it's bad, it is really bad. It's really bad. It's really bad. The, the other thing, oh, the other thing about improv, at least that, that I always found, and you have much more experience with this, Rachel, than I do, is that the, the hard thing about learning improv is at the beginning, 
you're improvising with terrible improvisers. Yep. And it kind of gets easier the more you do it because mm-hmm. not only are you practicing, all your castmates are practicing as mm-hmm. well. So you can, I think people often at the beginning of improv get a false sense of how quote unquote good they are at yep. it because their scene partners have not learned how to support them no. in, a, in a decent way. So the more you do improv, usually the more the other people around you have done improv mm-hmm. and then you, you know, you all lift each other up. So it's really hard right at the outset because probably you're not working with great and very comfortable people. But if you hang in there, it does get easier yeah. because you and your uh, scene partners have been practicing. Also, you have to really get out of your own way and you have to let go of your ego. Um you have to have, you have to be vulnerable. You have to be, accept the fact that you're not going to be the funniest person on the stage. It's not stand up, it's improv. So if you're constantly going for the jokes, if you're constantly cutting people off at the knees so that you can say the funny thing, you might just be um, a white guy. Hey, um, it's not going to be, it's not going to be fun. It's not going to be good. And pretty soon people will stop working with you. And that's just kind of how it goes. So get out of your own way. Um, Oh, yeah, and we like have, the, we, have, the, we have we have a code red at the window. Excuse okay, me. Hold, hold on. on one second. Um, yeah. So, oh, a bleeding toe. Okay. She got a really big. She took a chunk out of her toe. Let's exploit your bleeding oh, is your child. Big toe bleeding again. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. We'll go put a band on Okay, we're going to go put a band on it. So right. this was yeah. a real emergency. Okay. Okay. Can I have your headphone? I, yes. Because I can't reach stuff. No, I know you can't, honey. So this was a real emergency. Honey, no, this I'm was perfect. In, honey, this, this was, was absolutely exactly perfect. This is exactly what we said to Can do. Can you just say hi into the microphone real quick? Oh. If you want to, if you feel like it. Don't touch it. Just hi. <laughs> that was very tiny. That was very tiny. All right, let's go get a band on that toe. Layton, are you still there? Yeah, yeah, I'm still here. Anyway, I know Brian's not here, but I can still finish that thought. But basically, yeah, if you get get out of your way, your own way, trust. And don't try to be the funniest person in the room, and you'll be fine. Yeah, like be, fine. be generous to your other performers, because like a big yes. part of it is you making them look good and trusting that they will also be trying to support you and just... uh collectively be the organism that does funny things um, yeah i i had a teacher once who said you know you you can't always be the steak on the plate like yeah. everybody wants to be the steak but sometimes you have to be the potatoes or the greens or the parsley or you're not even on the plate <laughs> like sometimes you just you know there are there's roles for everyone and you know some scenes you'll be center focus in some scenes you won't and you just have to be okay with that and um yeah so i i would just i i think everybody should take improv i love improv i love teaching improv um because you can learn many things from it um and also learn about yourself like it's a really big confidence builder like i'm so grateful that even with my limited experience with it like it's it, it was like more, you know, you can take a public speaking class, which is also yep. a very useful thing to take with very that structure. Useful. 
But yes. doing that and then also taking improv is like you get those two yeah. opposite ends of the spectrum. And it's just like, it's a good time. You feel amazing. It is. It is a good time. It's fun to laugh with people and laugh in groups is always good. And the other thing too is is it gives you confidence in other things. Um, If you are, if you do, I have found that if I, if you do improv long enough or if you do public speaking long enough, then when you find yourself in situations where um, something goes wrong, like a PowerPoint presentation or something (laughs) and something doesn't happen the way it's supposed to happen, it doesn't freak you out. Yeah. It, it really breaks down that, like, feeling too embarrassed to do stuff barrier, where it's like, ah, oh, I don't give a shit. Like, it, if I don't give a shit, then nobody else is going to give a shit. Like, if you're visibly very anxious or, like, you feel you've messed up and then it makes you more anxious, like, that is the thing that is more noticeable than you just rolling with it. I do feel yeah. bad, though, because Chris, Chrissy wrote specifically about improvising musically. <laughs> yeah. Well, musical, well, I did talk about that a little bit. Musical improv is, is a whole nother level because now you're combining mm-hmm. two things. One, improv, so speaking in front of people without a script, and then you're combining music on top of it. Oh, I, I like s- interpreted this as like, you know, maybe like playing piano or something. Oh, well, like just kind of riffing. If you, well, that's kind of what, you know, musical improv to a certain sense is if you're trying to actually do a musical structure you're probably working with a group of people that really love musicals if you really love musicals and if you really understand how the format works you can probably make up your own musical and your own song um and if you're just making up songs like brian and i we used to do uh a we used to do um like an improv structure thing where we were pretended to be like a um, lounge act and I would, um, he would be the accompanist and we would talk to the audience and I would get the song ideas from the audience and then he would play something and I would follow along. And if you have a really good improvising musical accompanist, um, it'll be fine. And I mean, if this person specifically mentioned musical improv, then then she must really like to sing and or play music or something and can probably, mm-hmm. she'd probably be fine. Like if she just took a class and there's, there's a lot of good classes if you're in LA, um, like well, she took, maybe not right now. Well, not but. right now, but if she took a class, but she could probably find, there's a lot of people who are teaching. There, I bet there right are a now. lot of people. Doing online, um, yeah. and also she should just try it. Like just kind of fuck around. Like yeah. just try it. Uh, who is our current favorite musical improviser? Oh, Audrey. Um, that's the thing. Actually, honestly, watch kids. It's kind of kids the best. They do just not go. Care. They don't care. Like Brian, will, he'll noodle around on the keyboard and she will just sing. And she doesn't care if she rhymes or anything. She'll just be like, you know, um, sometimes I wish I was a duck because ducks are great because they got feathers. And one time I was uh, eating a taco in Target and it was great because it can be gay. And there's a lamp and I once had a foot. And, and she just goes on and I'm on. I'm putting and music on. under that for this Thank episode. You, you <laughs> should. And she just goes on and on. She doesn't care. She doesn't care if it makes sense. She doesn't care if it rhymed. And honestly, if you're just starting out, just do that. Yeah. Just go and see how how long you. Rhyming's for suckers. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Fuck rhyming. Next question. Let's do one more question. You want me to read it? Yeah. From Jordan, he him. My gray area question comes from the realm of grocery shopping. 
Once in a blue moon, I'll find myself shopping at my local grocery store and will accidentally damage drop an item that I am looking at or intending on buying. In one instance, I dropped a jar of jelly and it, of course, shattered on the ground and made a huge mess. I informed an employee and apologized. He said no worries and that they would clean it up. A year or so later at the same store, I fucked up again. (laughs) This time, I accidentally knocked over a jar of relish. It again shattered on the ground. Naturally, I grabbed an employee's attention and made them aware of my fuck up with me apologizing again. This person seemed a lot more stern compared to the last person. (laughs) They asked if I did it and I said yes and again apologized. The associate then told me I needed to pay for the damaged goods. Okay. I said that it wasn't an issue and I understand. In my head, however, I couldn't help but thinking about the previous time that I dropped something at the store and how it did not seem like an issue for someone to drop and break something by mistake. I'm not upset that I paid the $3 extra for the busted relish jar. I'm more curious about what the actual protocol is for spilled and damaged items at a grocery store. I personally feel like if the person comes clean and tells somebody, it's no harm, no foul. I just want some consistency in my grocery shopping experience. Late night crew, tell me how I should feel about this gray area. Should I always expect to be given grace for the shit I don't mean to drop? Or should I be punished for my crimes against condiments and just pay up every time? You know what, Jordan? If you you want some consistency in your grocery shopping experience maybe stop dropping shit (laughs) yeah like first of all don't lotion your hands before you go grocery shopping or while grocery shopping also the other thing i'm worried about some of your choices yeah i was gonna say what's wrong with jelly relish sandwiches are notoriously gross um i'm actually surprised that the grocery store made him pay me too for a busted thing like if the fact that a, first of all, applaud yourself for actually telling somebody that you broke totally. something as opposed to just being a dick and walking away. So you should be proud And of also for, for not doing like a sitcom cleanup on aisle uh, five. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, <laughs> or just, or dropping in your full basket or cart full of food and like booking it. Um, so yeah, but I'm actually surprised. That seems like more of a personal choice that the other employee like, yeah, I don't know. That's... I've never worked in a grocery store. I've worked retail before. And I like, so <laughs> Audrey was looking at a book at uh, at a store and she ripped the page. She was flipping through the pages. She ripped the book. I bought the book because I'm like, okay, this is, yeah. a, is a book and she ripped it. Now it's ours. Now I will buy it. But if I dropped something at a grocery store and it broke, I would go up to somebody and say, I'm so sorry I dropped this. But I wouldn't be. Ex- I wouldn't expect to pay. Uh, but I, then I don't know. I, like, I, you know what? I wouldn't expect the store to make me pay. But I think so. In any I mean, other retail, in, yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. In any other retail type situation, if you're in like I don't know, like an antique store, to take an extreme example, and you like knock something off and break it, you're going to assume that you have to pay for it, right? Yeah. So in this case, I would 100% get the attention of someone to alert them to the thing that or you just dropped. get attention because, i know how you well, are yeah that's yeah. right i just start break dancing um the I, it, it's it's a safety thing if you drop something especially if it's liquid yeah yeah you got to let people know there's something on the ground yep. but then once you get that attention i would say hey uh, i can pay for that if if you need me to i think in most cases and i, I think that's the polite thing to do I would assume in 99% of cases, the store would be like, nah, it's cool. This happens all the yeah. time. Like, it's a high-volume business. Shit drops. They break stuff all the time. Yeah. I don't think it's unreasonable that they have some breakage built into their business. But I do think it's polite to offer to say to offer to pay for it. Yeah. I, I think the fact that someone yelled at you kind of for it yeah. is very uncool. Like, I'm also you don't curious. need to, like, come after someone because yeah. they 
drop something. I'm it's not also a big curious deal. is how did he get charged? Did they give him then the broken jar with the UPC symbol on it and told him to take it up to the counter? Or did they give him a whole jar? Well, probably and he say, got a new one, right? If he was holding that, he probably got another one. And then, they and just then he had to say, twice. oh, maybe, yeah. Or maybe they put him in grocery jail. Yeah, I don't, I mean, that's, I'm curious as to how that. Grocery yeah, jail. I mean, if. Yeah, when you misbehave, every grocery store has a little brig. Yeah, I. That they put you in. I definitely would offer. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think there's never a situation where I wouldn't, even if it was like a, you know, $2 thing, I'd be like, oh, please, I'll be pay you for it. I think partially because, totally. you, you know, right. with that second employee being stern, anytime like a retail or any sort of service person is snippy, I'm like, all right, you have had a long shift. I get it. Yeah. Right, right, Like, right. this is Something not me. Lesson. This is your, you've been stocking yeah. and somebody yelled at you earlier and you're, now you got to clean right. up this shit that this dumbass dropped. Right. Like, I, I get it. Yeah, um, and then the manager had to go back and say, I told you we shouldn't have ordered those extra oily relish jars. Yeah. <laughs> this is the yeah, 11th exactly. relish Why are we today? coating them in baby oil? Yes, kind I, of I would imagine, it. as in any retail job, the amount of bullshit you have to oh, put yeah. up with when you work in a grocery store has to be... I've never worked in a grocery store, but I did yeah. work in retail at my... You know, my dad's store, I think we talked about it, which is a very different situation. Yep. A, it's my father's store and it was a clothing store and all that stuff. But, like, I'm sure you literally have, you know, pathological people breaking shit on purpose and then being like, fuck you, what are you going to do? Or, I mean, you know, people are monsters. Well, think about, too, like, how many times that you're going through the shelves or you're stocking things or cleaning things up and you're finding, like, a whole ham behind, like, a bunch of canned goods. Oh, yeah, people are stealing shit against. all the time. Or yeah. not even stealing shit, but they just mean, like... Yes, yeah. like they decided they don't want something, like, and now that's gone. Like, you know, so I can understand. Also, holy you know, shit. It's like the... Listeners, if you are a person who picks something out and then it's like, oh, I don't want this anymore. And then yeah. puts, doesn't go put it back. Fuck you. Yeah, I can you don't have to put it back. Give it you to just, them at the you, register. You give it to the register the and you just least. tell them, I decided against it. They have a basket. They can put things back. If it's a refrigerated thing, try to make the effort to like go back and put it in the refrigerator. Yeah, but, but if you don't can't, just put it on some Don't just put it. Yeah, shelf. try to put it. And honestly, I feel like you should do that kind of in any store, like even at Target or whatever. If you don't want the sweater or whatnot, either give it to the person at the counter or try to go back and put the, put the sweater back. And yeah, I mean, I worked, yeah, retail. I worked at the Warner Brothers Studio Store before they closed. And... Uh, at the Mall of America. At the Mall of America. That's right. Uh, where we got a lot of questions about Disney stuff. It was a lot of fun. Um, oh, dear God. But yeah, like, you know, we've all... Yeah. So know. I think the consensus here is offer politely to pay yeah. for it, but expect that the store will probably decline that offer. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Do we want to move on to next segments and such? Sure. Yes. All right. So Rachel. Yeah. This next segment has caused uh, a bit of controversy in the fan community oh of, of this podcast. Um, this is so. This is this is the segment where we give our pop culture recommendations. It's called "What's Poppin'." Okay, and this is the theme song. What's poppin'? What's poppin'? So, what did you think of that theme song? It's great. Yeah, you're right. It is great. Cool. What specifically right, so, did you like about it? It was popping. It was popping. Okay, great. There, there's what? been She's controversy. Your face. About why why what? did you now explain to me why you made that face? Because I don't know what's going on right now. Yeah. So this is Layton's <laughs> objection to this. Exactly. 
<laughs> okay, so basically every show we do that. Brian, Brian specifically does this thing with the guest where he's like, okay, mm-hmm. the theme song goes here. And then he doesn't play the theme song and then asks the guest, who is not always a friend, usually okay. a friend, I guess, to a degree. But in, in yep. additionally doing it remotely, it just seems like yep. there's a fuck up with technology. And so the, oh. the guest doesn't hear it. And then they have to react to it. And I hate that. And I think it doesn't scan. But we got oh. several messages saying, please keep doing that bit. Okay. Well, the only thing I would say uh, is that you kind of... Yeah, it's a funny bit. Um, yeah, I know. No, but you blow it by saying, now she's making a face. What does that face mean? And then me having to say, I don't understand what's well, going on. Well, I blew on. it on purpose no, because I wanted your analysis of no, what you Because were what that says is that like, you just kind of skunked your own joke. So well, I skunked just... it after the joke had passed. Oh, I see. Because I wanted, I wanted a real-time oh. guest reaction. Oh, okay. Which I, I think actually this vindicated both Layton's and my viewpoints. It vindicated Layton's viewpoint because you completely were in line with her main objection to the to the bit, but it vindicated my viewpoint because I did what I wanted to do. Well, no, I mean, I understood what you were doing in the sense of you were going to put in the music later. See, I, I think that's more than most people, to be and honest. Then, but then also because I can see your face, too, and right. you're, like, doing that, your dumb little smile you do when you're like, huh? You get it? Uh-huh. You were doing that smile. I was not so doing I'm that like, smile. To okay. be fair, I was not doing that yeah, smile. Yeah, you completely were. I'm looking wasn't. right at you. I'm doing it now. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, Layden, what's <laughs> popping? Um, I'm reading a Confederacy of Dunces for the first time. Oh, which, oh. I've never read it. Oh my god, it's so good. It's been on my it list really? forever. It's I a book has never made me laugh the way that that book does like i had always it has that reputation of being really funny but um you know i'm a prick and i hate everything and i was like there's no way that this book is this funny and i just like i can't read it for too long because i laugh like so consistently at it like Mm, it's it's so good guys if you need to pick me up read a confederacy of dunces it's very good i've been meaning to for years because everyone talks about it like it's amazing but I, i don't know what the latest edition is but for years the cover art was so off-putting to me that it's a guy like laughing right it's like it's yeah but it's like this weird weird kind of bulbous drawing yeah yeah i I just hated the style of that and i i I couldn't pick it up because i found it so repulsive i mean that's kind of the point of the book it's just like here's this gross stupid man (laughs) um yeah and that's why it's funny because we all know a version of that gross stupid man uh yeah yeah, it, it's really delightful. Do, do y'all do the thing where, in terms of being discriminatory towards books, I, I mostly read ebooks now because real books are too expensive and I'm impatient and I don't have space for them in my apartment because uh, I have too many books about aliens. Uh, <laughs> but if the book, if the outside feels a certain way, I don't want to buy it. Like, I like a really smooth, I don't like a hardcover. I want like a really mm. smooth, like, I don't know, not glossy page, but anytime I get a book that has like a, the outside feels rough. Like, I don't want that shit. Hmm. Oh, no, I, I don't do that. I, no. I, I, I never read ebooks. I, I just don't like it. Rachel, you read a ton of ebooks, like, or have in the past. I have read ebooks. But... Yeah, I go back and forth. But there is something about holding a book. I, I kind of yeah. prefer the tag. But it's like, I get ebooks, right? Yes. I get ebooks for books that I'm like, I don't. I just want to read the book for fun, and I don't particularly care to yeah. have the book. For me, but if there's a book that I want to have, 
then I buy it. It's it's a hundred percent like I spend enough time on screens. I don't want oh, more screen time. Oh, that's the other thing too. And yeah. like if I have the option of doing something that I want to do, which is reading, I, I'm and and I can be off a screen mm-hmm. as long as it's not prohibitive. That's what yeah. I'm going to pick. But, I will say you know. I did get um, a application for my iPad where I can read comics. Ooh. Oh, is it Comicsology? Yes. And I really enjoy it because if you, you can, you can set it up in such a way where it'll go panel by panel, like you're watching a show or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. And that's been pretty cool. Well, I've done magazines um, for sure. I like yeah. used to do the New Yorker app right, right. and that sort of thing. That was fine because then they just stack up over time. No, no, that's but, the thing. It's so like, it's I comics can just and keep, magazines. I can do, because I can just get all the episodes. Like I can just keep getting yeah, yeah, yeah. different issues and different issues. If it, I will know, say but. ebooks, once I got an e-reader, like that was the big mm-hmm. difference for me because I totally don't want to read a book on my phone. That sucks. Oh, but like yeah. I have a, a Kindle which stays charged forever and you can take outside mm-hmm. and drop it in water and all that shit. Like it's really, yeah. I like it a lot. When and I, commuted, I think the big being able to highlight stuff in the book and then that goes to a separate PDF that you can export and like have all the page oh. like that's my favorite thing because I like to that's re- great. highlight stuff and yeah. refer to things a lot yeah that's yeah. awesome and I, I read mean, a lot I of used... procedural murder textbooks yeah. uh, and, oh. <laughs> and I highlight that stuff because it's yeah sure you gotta get te- how notes. to carefully murder someone taking notes <laughs> yeah Sorry, Rachel, I interrupted you. No, I was just saying that when I commuted more, when I was living in in New Jersey and commuting into New York, it was nice to have an e-reader because, you know, because then you always had another book. So if you finished your book on your, like, in the middle of your commute, you were not like, okay. Like, you know, you had another book you could get, or you could download another book, and that, that was yep. nice. We all agree. New Jersey is literal heaven. Best mm-hmm. state in the union. Anyway. Everybody loves okay, it. Okay, listen, but Wawa, though. Wawa is great, but... I did not grow up in the Wawa part of New Jersey because I grew up in North Jersey where there mm. are... Wegmans. Uh, well, Wegmans isn't even that <sighs> far north. I grew up much farther north than where many Wegmans are. We- that Wawa is more of like a Philly, central, mm-hmm. south Jersey thing. That's and true. so I, I, I grew up in the quick check part of New Jersey. Mm. I, I have not had Tasty Cakes in so long, and I just mm. I really I want Tasty Cakes so bad. You <sighs> know what I love is Yingling. Like oh yeah yeah the, you know good. it's a Pennsylvania beer I think oh, is it wow. Philly brewed in Philly Philly or near Philly yeah, but it's great yeah. and I never see it outside of that part of the country interesting well, they have well like yeah. they have Lining Kugel here now but not the good that's flavors. a Minnesota beer that's a well it's a Midwestern beer it's Wisconsin but it's like oh. isn't that the same thing as Minnesota no <laughs> <laughs> anyway go on. What the fuck were we talking about? We're, uh, we're I, talking about what's popping. Yeah. Oh, we're talking about books and such. Yeah. That yeah. Confederacy of Dunces, read it. It's yes. good. And then also the story of the author is really interesting because he like committed suicide and then his wife found the manuscript afterwards oh. and like took oh. her a really long time to like, you know, she was like this book. He didn't. He finished this. This is really good. Um, and yeah, I think that's cool. Wow. Yikes. I didn't know that. Crazy. Wow. Anyway, uh, Brian, what's popping? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's popping for me is two of my favorite podcasters just started a new podcast. And uh, it's Tom Sharpling and Julie Klausner. Uh, Tom Sharpling is the the guy behind The Best Show, which is my favorite comedy thing ever. Been a fan for years and years and years. And I absolutely love it. Julie Klausner is, uh, she did this podcast for many years called How Was Your Week? And it's just a very fun. She also, uh, with Billy Eichner, co-created Difficult People the show, mm. and it's just a, you know, they're both comedy geniuses, 
and they just started a podcast called Double Threat, <laughs> where the the they you know it's just kind of free flowing discussion podcast. They're only two episodes in; they're about an hour long. But uh, one of the things they do, which I really like, is they have listeners send them in things that uh, the listeners think they'll both hate. <laughs> and then they, you know, the producer kind of, they, they send it to the producer. The producer plays it for them real time during recording and they get to react to it. And it's really fun. They also have a bit called Podcast <laughs> Rescue where they do, it's like a bar rescue thing where they'll try to fix someone's lame podcast <laughs> um, by listening to like maybe 30 seconds uh, of an episode. Anyway, I love both of them individually and together they're just the best. So uh, only a couple episodes in, but Double Threat, the podcast, it's already just a total joy and uh, and I'm really into it. We should do the thing where people send us things that they think that we would hate because I think we both have very hard line opinions about things in different directions. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I would love that. Send us, I mean, I don't want to rip off their bit, but I guess Too we're late. going to. So uh, if you have something you hate or you think will hate, send it to us. And okay, I just, I want to say before I actually commit to this, no chakra stuff, guys. Like people, because Ross several years ago said something about how I hate chakras, which isn't even really true. He just kind of said it. Uh, like the pseudoscience stuff, yeah, whatever. I have nothing really to say about it. So I would prefer like pop culture things. Yeah, and also don't do anything that's like, uh, I don't know, punching down at people who are being yeah, earnest, totally. I guess. I mean, there. Except, I mean, like you know, don't send us a YouTube video of some kid doing something stupid. Uh, if you're if you're sending us like uh, uh, the, the fanatic, uh, did you see that movie with John Travolta, it's directed by a? Uh, oh, I've Durst. heard about it, but no, I haven't seen it. Oh, fuck, what a nightmare. Um, yeah, I don't know. Send us things. Uh, Rachel, what's mm. popping? Ooh, um, hmm. <laughs> I feel like I'm the wrong person to ask this question, but um, well, uh, season. The final season of Schitt's Creek. I love Schitt's Creek. It is a brilliant show. It is amazing characters. They are the funniest people. Like Catherine O'Hara is, she's a goddamn genius. Yeah, and she rules. the fact that she hasn't won anything is stupid. I mean, I know she's won some stuff, but like she should win more. She should win everything. She's wonderful. And, um, so yeah, so I've I bought that season, so I'm gonna I've been slowly watching it, and it's just delightful. And you can go back and just watch all of them, and they're just they make you feel good, and they just seem like such a great family. Anyway, that and um, oh, I've been listening to um, Mythos, which is a book that Stephen Fry wrote about the Greek myths, and it's so good, and it's read by him. I've been listening to it from Audible, and it's um uh. It's read by him, and he has a wonderful voice, and he it goes he goes all the way back like before Zeus, and and I'm learning things. I'm like, what? Like, Can you I do a Stephen know. Fry impression? Um, Rachel does great British he, accents. Well, he <laughs> he talked about himself where he was like, uh, I was in. What was he say? He was like, I I performed in Oedipus, and I was reviewed. <laughs> and he just says that and it's just so funny like whatever anyway but it's it's really fast it's fascinating and just soothing and really cool to listen to all these really great greek myths and then he goes into like 
um, talks about, uh, you know, how we get these words from this. And he talks about, and this also led to this. And then you heard this story in Germany and blah, blah, blah. Like he goes on and on and gives you more in-depth stuff. And it's really fascinating and really well done. Like not at all boring. Um, but not for kids, though. Somebody asked me once, like, it'd be for kids. No, it's not. I mean, because it's the Greek myths, a lot of like brother, sister, love and that sort of stuff. So I, and he does talk about semen and things. So like, I mean, I guess depending on how old your child is, um, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, just going to say no. In yeah, general. I probably if, wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, it's wonderful. So I've been listening to that. And then I like um, that you specifically avoided the word incest and said brother, sister, love. Yeah, I know. I don't know why I did that. But yeah, that's, there's, I mean, you know, it's funny because we received an email with the subject line sibling love. Oh, God. Yes. We're very intentionally yes. not reading on the show. Person who yes. sent that email. It's I am, too much for us. I yeah. am sorry. This is beyond our pay grade. Good luck. Yeah. So, uh, oh, there's there's a really interesting podcast um, that I've been listening to. Not yours, um, but yeah. Wait. Uh, so, have you heard our podcast? No, no, all? not yet. No. Oh, no. oh interesting. Um, that is interesting, actually, isn't it? It's called Last Day, and it's um, it's done by um, Harris Whittle's sister, Stephanie Whittle's oh. Wax, and it is where she's basically talking about the op- opioid epidemic. So. There's your warning. Um, and they talk about people's last days alive. I'm just, you know, telling people you People who have died from People who died from opioid or heroin overdose, basically opioid o- overdose, and what went their last day. And then she does deeper dives into other things. But it is a fascinating um, podcast that talks about addiction and how we got to this point. And um, she talks to people who are in recovery, and she talks to people about their recovery. And... Um, it's very, very, very good. Um, I think she's three seasons in. I'm just starting. Oh, really? Season. Wow. Yeah. So, um, but it's very good. Uh, but again, you know, trigger warning or whatever. It is about addiction. They do talk about people's deaths from opioid addiction. So, so yeah. that one's for kids. Yeah, that one is definitely for kids. Um, but that one's just real fascinating. Um, yeah, that sounds super interesting. It's it is very interesting, and um, so yeah, so that's. That's cool. yeah, that's great. Yeah, those are my those are my things. And awesome. um yeah, not really not reading anything quite yet. I think I'm gonna start uh Bird by Bird, which is a book about writing. Oh, that's a great book. Yeah. I've been it's been sitting on my nightstand for a while, so I think it's time to read it. Yeah, it's a quick read. Cool. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, shall we move on to our final segment? Yes, we shall. Do you wanna explain it? Sure, Rachel, since you haven't listened to the podcast. Um, yeah, I haven't. There's a thing that my my lovely aunt and uncle do with their nieces uh, every night at dinner uh, where they go around the table and they share one lemon, which is a thing that's kind of a bummer or uh, mm-hmm. that they were unhappy about during the day. And then they share a peach. Uh, you know, this is a correction now because I mm-hmm. learned that it's only one peach. They share one peach, which is a thing that they're excited about or something good that happened or what have you. Mm-hmm. And so this segment is called Peaches and Lemons. And normally we would do a lemon. But considering um, everything, no lemons, mm-hmm. uh, moratorium okay. on lemons. So we will now share peaches. And this is the theme song. I really liked it. <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've been, we do this uh, at, at dinner in our house sometimes We do. Now. Audrey loves it. She loves oh, it. Why did I it explain it? What well, the for, hell? The audience, for the audience, for the audience, for the audience. right? Because, like Rachel, none of them have listened to this podcast before. Yeah, we do it at dinner, and Audrey's a big fan. 
And um, it's always very cute. And it's like, I got to color today yeah. and I ate a cheese it. You know, it's like, it's, 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 I think it's cute, a great idea stuff. because, first of all, it like, it solves the whole like, what did you do today? Uh, nothing. What did you do? <laughs> like, it solves that whole thing. So, yeah. All right. So, who goes first? Do, I, do you want to go first? Or, oh. I mean, since, well, this could be a first. We usually never have guests go first because they know Yeah, because we never warn them oh. beforehand. And then they're like, I oh, okay. what? Uh, I have to think of things. And then, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah. Um, well, let's see. Peaches. Uh, I do three. Okay. Three. Um, let me see. Oh, um, my first peach is that I, um, I started making these little recordings, um, that I think are pretty funny. Uh, They're very funny. Me, um, as a kind of a BBC interviewer who's interviewing bugs that you find in your house and yard and um do you want to give people a little taste of the kind of thing you do (laughs) it's really cute um no it's just mostly you know if you think of like a bbc interviewer and then um come on do it i don't know if i can just make you can do it well like it was like you know so it'd be along the lines of like um somebody saying um you know people have wrong ideas about butterflies they might think a butterfly is a wonderful creature but here we've met a butterfly who's an absolute ass. And then, you know, and then I would interview the butterfly. Um, Which would sound like what? Um, <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> I'm busy. <laughs> Fuck off. Like that. You know, that is not quite that. My The one that I'm really proud of, I did one where uh, the interviewer, they're actually more gentle than that because I was thinking they're probably for kids. And it's somebody interviewing a spider and it was pretty cute. And then, um, my second peach, which ties into my second peach is that a really good friend of mine who lives in Boston and I, um, she's a brilliant improviser as well. And we are very like when we did improv together, it was one of those really great relationships where we could just go and go and go and go and go and and, like never stop. And it was really funny. And she and I connected this week and we're going to try to start doing some, she's got a recording set up as well. So we're going to try to do some stuff together. And then I was telling her about my little uh, bug interviews and she wants me to send her one of the audios because they're pretty short and she's going to try to animate it because she's also a really good animator and illustrator so i might have a little animation coming out so that's very exciting and my third peach is is actually doing this podcast with you guys and that is the truth um i i've wanted to do it ever since he was you know brian was like i'm doing a podcast i've wanted to be interviewed mostly just because brian and i don't actually have a lot of opportunities where we do stuff together it's Mm -hmm. um we used to do more stuff than we do now but um before we had well before we had a child yeah well (laughs) and then also just you know diverging you know our careers are kind of going in different directions right now so it's been hard for us to actually find something that we could collaborate on so it's really nice to sit here i mean this is the most time we've spent with each other besides just sleeping without a child without a child (laughs) next to us interrupting constantly and being like why'd you say that what's this what's it can i talk in the microphone i cannot believe she only came in once i know i'm honestly shocked so yeah how um, is the bleeding oh she's okay super i mean like she has an old boo-boo on her toe and it just mm. cracked open a little bit but yeah, she's it fine. was very very minor but um, i am glad she came to get us so she, yeah, she did the right thing. She definitely but did the right i thing. did have a moment yeah. of panic when i heard her say her tiny voice i'm bleeding i was like oh fuck <laughs> shit i'm just i'm just gonna be sitting on this other side of the call like oh you would know out. if it was there would be sobbing. there'd be a lot more tears yeah. um yeah so that's my third peach is that i'm having a really great time right now that's great 
But yeah, we're we're so happy you're here. We've wanted to do this for a yeah. while. Uh, Layton, do you want to go next? Sure. Um, I feel like mine are probably going to be an extension of what's popping a little bit, just because I'm very content rich right now. Um, my first peach is, uh, I'm surprised that I haven't mentioned this on the show before, but I really love uh, Tim Heidecker and Greg Turkington's On oh. Cinema. And On Cinema, if you guys are un- unaware, it's a long-running um, movie review show with Greg Turkington and Tim Heidecker being in character that very, it's a real slow burn and it's so much so content funny. and it's an entire like cinematic universe of things, but it is like nothing makes me laugh as hard as that show does. Like just start from the beginning, go, please watch the Oscar specials. I made the mistake of skipping them on my first run through. They're the best part of the show. Mm-hmm. Um but it's been going for there's literally a four hour courtroom trial. <laughs> and yeah. that trial is like one of the funniest things I've ever watched in my life. Anyway, that's not the recommendation. My recommendation and the peach is that Tim posted like basically it's a PDF um, of a text thread that he has with Mark Proch, which which is one of the other oh. guys on On Cinema and Greg yeah. Turkington called Marion's Wish. <laughs> that's just them doing this <laughs> deeply fucking stupid bit for you know way too long that's very like who's on firsty but i i was just like completely losing it reading it it was like the highlight of my week so that's peach number one if you want to look at it go look at tim heidegger's twitter but watch on cinema please like i i can't stress enough how fucking good on cinema is um it's the best i saw their live show when it came through town uh, last last year because their tour manager jp is msp's tour manager also and he got us in and it was so great it's just they're so funny. I uh, whatever. Um, so my second peach is still watching The Sopranos, uh, and I am slowly making my way through it. I'm trying to savor it because uh, I've been enjoying it a lot. I only watch like one episode a night, which is rare for me. Uh, but I just finished season two. Gotta say, the last two episodes of season two are like the best hours of television I have seen oh, really? in a long time. Oh, fucking expert expert level to end awesome. season two of the show sopranos with a lynchian literal fever dream of an episode that's like the most emotional dramatic shit that's happened all season intercut with like tony having sex dreams about his therapist and also shitting his brains out like it's just masterful because that sounds weird and it works so well like it's riveting television anyway watch the that's sopranos awesome. it's i thought that it was being overhyped to me no, it's that good. It's as good as everybody says it is. It's great. Brad. Third peach, I found, like, you know, you can buy those little plastic cups of, like, melting chocolate for fondue or whatever. I found, uh-huh. I've been running low on rations, and I don't have any sweets, which is the big issue for me because I'm a horrible, munchy person. Um, but I found that in the back of my cabinet. That's been, like, <laughs> my treat during the day is I put a spoonful <laughs> of melted chocolate in my in my coffee uh-huh. and then i have a nice little mocha but yes i will admit i have stood in in front of my microwave at 3 a.m with a butter knife and a cup of melted chocolate just eating it straight <laughs> up because um, once the sleeping meds kick in all bets are off baby that's a real sex in the city episode right there oh god yeah so those are my three peaches cool uh mine as i hinted at before my first peach is I am now the proud owner of Animal Crossing New Horizons. <laughs> Woo! Uh, and Audrey and I are only a couple hours into playing it, but it's just, I'm basically letting her play the whole thing. So we're moving real slow. Real slow. And, but we've caught a few bugs and one squid, and uh, we haven't planted anything yet. 
Uh, she's generally mystified by the game dynamic, of but course. she loves it. And uh, what are what are her uh, villagers? Do you know? We haven't even gotten to that. Oh, oh wait, oh, do you have a tr- like the, the two other people on the island? Yeah, yeah, like the other animals. Oh, I assume everyone had the same ones. Is that nope, not true? They're always that's kind of the fun of it. Like random people will move oh. in about there's like hundred and fifty characters or something. They all have like Oh my god. They're eight personality types, but they're all different designs and they have different houses and whatever. Mm. But do you know well, what one is a horse. Mm-hmm. Uh and I forget that person's name. Can you describe they, like what color they are? Like it's like pink, like in a it's a female, I believe, horse. Okay. Uh, I can't. I we haven't played enough to really sure, sure, sure. know. And the other, the other is a, a rabbit. Yeah, isn't it a rabbit? Maybe. I thought I saw it talking. Pookie, maybe. Hmm. I don't know. I didn't even know this was a thing. See, we're still really learning it. Right. And sure. Audrey can't you, read uh, that fast, so yes. like <laughs> she can read, but she can't read that fast. So Brian has to sit there and basically. Yeah. Well, here, here's here's my impression of Audrey playing Animal Crossing. What did he say? What did he say? <laughs> What did he say? What did he say? What did she say? What did he say? I'm gonna get that bug. Oh, the daddy, you do it. Yeah. <laughs> are, are you are you donating? Uh, I guess you don't have the museum yet, or even blathers. Nope. I'm assuming. Once. Oh uh, no! Well, we're donating bugs to okay. Tom Nook, so we've done that. Wait, you can't donate stuff to Tom Nook. You sell stuff to Tom Nook, right? Or I think you can't give him bugs to give to his friend. Oh, maybe that is before he first shows up. I don't know. A month ago feels so, it's like three years ago, so I don't remember. Mm. But yeah. um, if you, after this, I'll give you my Switch friend code, and then Audrey Great. can come to my town and see. Oh, she would love that. Are you my, kidding my, me? But I, I can never get I can, anything done on your own island, because yeah. she'll just spend all her time in Leighton's town. Yeah. I, I can drop her some uh, resources, because it's a little bit of a grind, especially for a child at the beginning of the game, where you're trying to get oh, like, enough wood. Oh, that'd be awesome. Thank you. Yeah. I can yeah. give her the better tools and all that stuff. Yeah, love that. Please. Some cool clothes. Um, thank you. All right, yeah. so my second peach, they, these might all be Audrey-related. <laughs> Last night, Audrey was stomping. She was holding a long green, like, balloon animal balloon up to her ear and mouth like it was a phone, and she was stomping around the room being like, and I was like, what is going on here? So I called her and went, ring, ring, and she goes, Hello? I said, who is this? And she goes, a newspaper publisher. I was like, okay. Uh, newspaper publisher, what's your name? And she goes, uh, Flower Pretty. <laughs> and then I start to ask her another question, and she hangs up on me because she said she was too busy to talk. And then he just kept calling her back. He (laughs) kept calling her back and answering. And then she had, he said he was one of her photographers. Writer. At first I was a writer. Yeah, first you were a writer. And then, oh yeah, and you said, he's just like, I haven't gotten paid for this 10,000 word article. And she said. And I said, how much, how much, uh, how much are you going to pay me? And she said. $50. $50. <laughs> I mean, and that's said, accurate to real life. And yeah. he said, I can't, that's, I'm not going to do $50. And then he, what did you say? You wanted five. I said $5,000. $5,000. And she said, okay, but you have to pay me first. And he's like, wait, <laughs> I have to pay you? And she goes, yeah, that's how it works. You pay me and then I pay you change. And I was like, how did she understand the publishing industry so well, <laughs> despite being unable to read? <laughs> I don't know that what she gets up to when we're not. But I was around. like a newspaper publisher. Yeah. Where did she? <laughs> like she knows I what a newspaper been, is clearly. It must be from but one a of publisher? the publisher. Well, it might be from one of the books that 
that her teachers are reading her or something. Yeah, maybe. Because they're reading some longer books. So I don't know. <laughs> it was very That's, funny. Doing a yeah. ring ring bit with a child is like ult- ultimate child yes anding. Oh. Or I mean, oh, children they're... do children do the no but, but it circles back around just by the way their logic works. That even a no but is somehow still a yes and. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, and my third and final peach is uh, I think I said this before, but I can't remember. I got to do school with Audrey today, yeah. and uh, we made a rainbow because one of the science things was basically putting a you know a glass of water in the sunlight and then uh, finding where the you know the light refracts into a a rainbow and we did it and it blew her mind she could not believe Mm -hmm. that you could just go out and make a rainbow i mean imagine if like your favorite thing in the world rainbows are up there for her i mean it's not unicorn level but it's pretty close like (laughs) she loves she's a five-year-old like she loves Mm -hmm. rainbows imagine if someone was like yeah we could just go to do that in the backyard what your brain would do if you were like this was here the whole time, and I could just be doing it. Yeah. It was really great. She gave him a real good open-handed slap. Yeah. And <laughs> was like, we could have done that this whole time. Yeah. And then she stomped off, got was, on her phone, her balloon phone. But we watched a little video about refraction and, and that sort of thing. Um, and I think she, <laughs> originally the question was like, why, uh, why do rainbows happen? Like, what's special? Mm-hmm. And I think she said I can't forget the exact wording, but it was something like they were just hiding in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's a really beautiful sentiment. The rainbows are just hiding in the sky. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of true. Um, so that was really fun. It was nice to spend the day yep. doing school with her. Albeit the morning session was a rough. bit frustrating yeah. and kind of rough. But once we got to the afternoon, she really turned it around. Yep. And, are y'all you know, doing like a full a break, eight hour school day or whatever it's not quite eight hour i mean kindergarten isn't like an eight hour thing no um it's more like five or six hours and that's with a lot of breaks and messing around and stuff like that so yeah but it's like the actual work doesn't take too long it's the work just is getting like a couple the hours tiny tops. human to sit down and do the work yes that yeah. takes the longest. and it's not even that i mean half the work is like coloring or writing Watching a, a sentence or, yeah. two plus mm-hmm. two yeah. is four yeah, like mm-hmm. it's, you know, at the kindergarten level, they're not even in class. Most yeah. of it is like, you know, there's like, they work on social skills and right. being nice to people and things like that. So Practicing words, learning number bonds, you know, that kind of like just yeah, yeah. getting into Going. newspaper publishing, stiffing your writers newspaper and right. right. I was trying to think of the name for that movie. And uh, like the closest I could come was The Devil Wears Pampers, <laughs> but she, Pampers are too young for her. Yeah. The devil wears she she would get really, I mean, if she was not paying you before, she's really not paying you now. Yeah. <laughs> you might get hit with a libel suit. My God. Yeah. Oh, believe me, that's coming someday mm. once she discovers all, this podcast and everything and my with Twitter. All the social media yeah. that you get, the traction you get off of her. Oh my gosh, we owe her so much money. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. Well, if I ever made any money off Twitter, I'd be surprised. But you don't? Yeah. Huh. Weird. What are you doing wrong? Anyway, I what a joy know. this was, Rachel. Yeah, this is really wonderful. Thank you for being here and taking <laughs> yeah. the time. And this is like, you know, she's just in the next room, basically. But this is the longest Audrey's been kind of on her own yeah. for a, a lot long of milestones. Time. It's, a lot of milestones. This is a big day for tonight. everybody. Yeah. You and I are actually talking to each other again for the first time in years. That's right. Um, Layton's here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Audrey's fine. <laughs> Probably, as far as we know. <laughs> the dog's I hope so. Mad. I hope. I hope she you really know, enjoyed. Um, 
uh, uh, the discreet charm or the bourgeoisie or whatever. Yes. Criteria. The unbearable lightness she's of watching. being. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I will say, you know, if you're wondering, like, if your child is ready to watch something like Labyrinth, because I'd really like her to see the uh, Labyrinth, like, yeah. start with Jim Henson's Storyteller. If they can't get through an episode of Storyteller, they are not ready for the Labyrinth. And uh, uh, well, to, to be fair, there were episodes of True and the Rainbow Kingdom, Kingdom that were that too also scary. A little scary so. for her, yeah. But I showed her the Storyteller. She didn't like haunts my hedgehog but she did like uh the episode of um oh what's her name oh shoot it's a cinderella one um ah, crap i can't remember the name but anyway in it, jim henson storyteller for those kids that are my age you remember that show it was brilliant it was wonderful watch it find it watch it it's the best yeah is there? Sorry, we're wrapping up, but uh, is is, yeah. is there a particular stuff that really scares Audrey? It's so random, it's, like it things that we think as it will, is with a child. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Things that we think that might scare her don't, um, and then things that we think this will not be a problem at all. At it's all. like you know the well, fluffy bunnies have a cupcake party, and she's like, "Oh God, there were too many cupcakes," <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, you're just like, "What?" Like she, we we've been watching Star Wars, and she has no problem. We thought like that was a gamble, and yeah. she is. She has no problem. No with problem with it at all. Um, like, well, I think part of it too is that Brian told her <laughs> that nobody dies when they get shot with. No, lasers. she told. I didn't tell her that. Oh, so I she, thought you no, said you no, told no, no. her that they just well, go to sleep. <laughs> she told. No, this was a thing. Okay, this is this is this is this happened while we were watching Star Wars. So we watched the whole thing, and then episode the end, four, by the way. Yeah, difference. sorry, New Hope. Right. And and I said. Did you like that? And she said, yeah. And I'm glad nobody died. And I was like, what happened to all those people that were shot by the lasers? And she said, they went to sleep. <laughs> oh, I see. I thought you told no, her that. Oh, okay. She, because then for the rest of the time, she was like, I liked it. Because it, nobody died. It was not scary at all. Yeah. Yeah. And her two favorite characters are Princess Leia and Darth Vader. Yes. Of course. I mean, that's that's... Yep. That's a homie right there, because I was I yep. was exactly the same. Leia, Darth Vader wanted to be Darth oh, yeah. Vader, did not fully understand the dynamics of wanting to be Darth Vader. Yeah, uh, and she I likes remember, yeah uh, Luke's aunt and uncle like because there's like get a little bit of charred corpses in there. Oh I yeah, that's yeah. scaring me really bad. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I was worried about. I think we do we you cover covered her eyes, eyes yeah, during that part where he yeah. yeah and um. She was. She kept going. What? What are you doing? What are you? What can't I see? Like you know. Yeah. yeah, They're fine, fine, honey. Star Wars. We. She saw that. She saw Empire, and neither of those didn't really like Empire. She didn't really like it. Yeah. Um. But and then, but yeah, we watched Onward. Oh, and and that she didn't like the gelatinous cube. What did she say? Gelatinous cube in it. We were talking about. How did she pronounce it? Yeah. So at lunch today, she was like, "It was at breakfast." Sorry. Yeah. She was like. I didn't like the ablab the mono. Oh, she said monopoly or something that sounded like monopoly. It was like the monopoly, the jalopoly or something the like the monopoly blue. <laughs> yeah, and I was like the what? We were like what? And, and she kept getting frustrated with us. And eventually, she was like, "From onward, the big, you know, the big green cube." The and we're like, "Oh, the gelatinous cube." And she's yeah, she like, "Yeah, the legatinibus." Yeah, she couldn't say gelatinous. It was so cute trying to, and we <laughs> broke it down. Gelatin us, yeah. and she still so that couldn't quite get it. it. Was really cute. So that upset her, and yet though, but she will talk about the movie more. And she seemingly memorized it after watching yeah, it once. And 
I think she's come around on it. Like, that's the thing is, like, she'll do this thing where she'll either talk herself into being scared about something or talk herself out of being scared about something. Yeah. It's very, it's fascinating. Yeah. To, that's an to excellent kind of skill, though. I mean, there's, like, a level of, uh, uh, what is it, me- mental elasticity yeah. to that of, like... Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a bad. classic little kid thing, too. Yeah, they yeah, just work yeah, through totally. it. So they just ask you questions, like, all the time. Like, we watched the movie Claws, and... On Netflix, which is very, very good. And I think it was just really, it's a, it was a, it's more an emotional movie. I think if a movie has a lot of emotions, so Pixar movies, uh, you know, they really play on your emotions. They really try to, you know. That's not a Pixar, though. Uh, well, Onward. I was thinking Onward. Oh, onward but yeah. yeah, but like, like I said, like Pixar, sorry. Um, they, and so she just, she's a extremely emotional kid. Oh, yeah. Um, and so I think anything that tugs on those feelings that she doesn't quite understand, what is this I'm feeling, that translates to being scared. Yeah. So like mm-hmm. she was scared of the Claus movie, which is about basically supposed to be a like a retelling of how did we get Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. And that's a movie that just tug just constantly is it's because there's it's a, like it's I, a lovely movie people it's, are it's ostracizing other people yeah and, and then it's about this man who you know i, haven't I don't want to spoil it, so it. it's but it's lovely it it's about a man who's you know bringing gifts to kids and so it like he murders santa and no. has to become ah. santa <laughs> anyway and so i think any movie <laughs> that's I think initially really, what i thought you guys were talking yeah. about <laughs> so I was like, what she gets scared about is santa that kind of stuff when when something is really emotional and she just, it's too much. I think it becomes overwhelming that she, that's how she processes it. Yeah. I mean, even being an adult, having a feeling that you don't understand is scary. Like for a five-year-old, yeah. woof. Yeah. Well, she loves uh, The Nightmare Before Christmas. Loves that movie. Loves it. Loves Hell it. Loves yeah. it. We'll watch it an infinite so, number of times. But It has for years now. Yeah, years. She's watched it, it like since she was three. And she no, it really doesn't. Has, and never has, has never had... Never have done has done the scary like I'm scared that scared me never and that movie of all movies you'd be like okay she's a little scared by the Nightmare Before Christmas haunted mansion well the ride a little bit. a little bit when we got well that was because we got stuck or well not yeah. stuck but it stopped in the graveyard in the graveyard under one of the big snowmen with the mm-hmm. pumpkin head that's like looming over your car yeah so and she was four at the time yeah, and, yeah. that spooked her but that would. You know, if you're sitting under that, that'd probably scare anybody. For I mean, know, that ride scared the yeah. shit out of me when I was a kid. Like I, yeah. I, was, I was like, "Ghost, no!" And like the <laughs> the ride attendants were kind of like trying to jump scare kids in the cars, and I was like, "I'm not having oh. this. Fuck this. Oh, I hate the, this." The thing at the end, the taking the ghost home with you thing, really freaked me out as a child. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. The yeah. thing See, where it does I, the mirror. I, yep, that's the one. Yeah. Oh, hated that. Still hate that. Yeah, she doesn't like jump scares. Yeah, yeah. that's the other thing she doesn't well, like. Anyway, very we should probably do. get inside. Yeah. I guess. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. have to. Uh, Rachel, thank you again so much. Yes, of course. I Anytime. We'll see you We're, this evening at our house. Yes, I will see you in two minutes at our house. Layton, <laughs> uh, w- 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 you were about to ask. Yeah, I was going to say, where can we find you on socials? Is there anything up that you're excited about that people can go see? Twitter, at Rachel Wack. And at I'm on YouTube now. I have a very tiny YouTube channel. And um, tell people about the videos. Oh, I've been doing these videos uh, called Calls um, from My Mother uh, from the Apocalypse, which is just uh, what my mom would be like in the apocalypse. And it's a phone call, it's her calling Give us me. A little, a little taste. Um, you know, because she's from Minnesota. So it's a lot of like, hi, hun, it's me, it's mom. 
uh, we're fine. Everything's fine. And then she just talks about whatever terrorizing thing is happening in the neighborhood and then asks some Fortices sort of... Fortices and zombies. Yeah, and zombies and, yeah, exactly, monsters. And and then uh, and then it's always some sort of benign mom kind of question. Like there was one about where she just didn't know which remote to use for the TV. So, you know, um, so I have those I have to, re- I have to put out. I have, I have a bunch. I have to keep putting them out. I don't put them out on a regular schedule, so sorry, everybody. But, yeah, so I'm on YouTube and Twitter, and I am on Instagram, but not much. I have to kick that up a little bit. And unfortunately, no, you I don't. don't really... You do, yeah, that's oh. correct. You do <laughs> that's not. That's true. Unfortunately, I don't really have a lot of other stuff coming out, but hopefully the things I talked about in my pitches will become something. And so I hope to have more stuff for you all. But um, I'm about. Say hi. Cool. Wonderful. Right. Cool. Rachel, I, I hope I get to see you at IRL soon. Yeah, that would be great. Cool. Um, all right. Well, that's that's the end of the podcast, everybody. Oh my goodness! Wow, <laughs> what a thrill ride. End of podcast. End of podcast. Great. All right. Great. I'm sorry, I'll never hear it. <laughs> Leighton Night is produced by Brian Wecht and Leighton Gray. For more information, visit LeightonKnight.com. That's L-E-I-G-H-T-O-N-N-I-G-H-T.com. Also, please follow us on social media. On Twitter, we're at Leighton Knight, and on Instagram, at Leighton underscore Knight. 